0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Blob podcast with your normal intro. (laughs) Well, presented by the Broken Anchor. You know me, I'm Cap. You know the boys, Andy and Coop. Andy and Coop, how we doing?
1: I'm recovering. I'm in therapy.
0: Thanks to your fucking girlfriend. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I deal with it every day. You got it for one (laughs) night, you know.
2: You got it for one hour. (laughs) And I've just been over here listening to two of my favorite rappers. I think both of you are up and coming, and... If you guys start at SoundCloud, like, I will promote that. I can get my buddy Marcus to promote it. Like, you guys could have some serious clout on Twitter. Like, like they were absolute bangers. I don't think that's hyperbole. I mean,
0: I don't think it was amazing, but I think we have a hell of a foundation, and I think there's a SoundCloud. Uh, yeah, I think we could get um, as many listeners as we have on here on SoundCloud. We can get a good 80, you know? I don't think that's I'm, out of the realm of possibility. We can get a good sweet yeah, 69. Sure. Easily. I am getting some glares by the way from uh, the intro person of the last podcast, just a heads up here. So that's to be expected uh, Kobe. Um, but anyway, it, it's It's fun to be back. It's good to be back in a normal capacity here. Um, we got a good show. Um, yeah. That was a dig at you. Uh, <laughs> we got a treat. Uh, we got to sit down with that with not literally uh, <laughs> over zoom. I got to sit down with coach Carter, Rick Carter, uh, former assistant at Xavier DePaul and a bunch of other places. Also with Michigan state as a GA um, great conversation. I mean, he's just the best man Carter's my guy
1: dude's had a he's had a hell of a journey and I love the fact that he just says what he feels yep he is so candid and he really just it was like having a conversation and that's exactly what I love about that guy
0: mm-hmm. he's cool as hell man he's just awesome and then obviously we'll get back on the back on the track a little bit here we'll talk some safer basketball it's so obviously a little bit of college football stuff with our resident college football expert uh and uh and then a little bit more but I think it's gonna be a fun show
3: Bernard comes away with it. Cloud ticks. And that's it. Xavier has upset.
0: Okay, everyone, welcome to the podcast. It is good to be back. We are back in full capacity here. Uh, So we had a couple weeks off with the holidays and everything. I think we needed that to kind of recharge. Uh, But it's good to be back and back in action. And we're coming back strong tonight. Uh, Rick Carter in the building. Recruited J.P. McCura. You can't get more legendary than this guy. He's got stories. He he brought Miles Fox Morrissey to Norwood. So he's a legend. So we talked a lot of things with Rick. I mean, we talked about life. We talked about basketball. We talked about motivation. Talked to Xavier TBT. uh, (laughs) We talked kind of the whole gambit there. That was a good time, man. Yeah. One of the the conversation.
1: Oh, yeah, we did talk
0: cooking. That's right. We did talk cooking dogs. It's just, dude, it was cool to have a guy at your disposal. That's coached with Tom Izzo, Ed Cooley, Chris Mack. I mean, he's been everywhere. Um, that was just awesome, dude. Like just picking his brain and all the coaching knowledge that he has in that brain of his, like, that was just cool, man. Like it was just really cool to be on the fly on the wall for like, you know, the hotel room with JP McCura, you know what I mean? Just like talking about game plan. Like those are just cool stories, man.
1: Obviously we'll get into all that stuff later during the interview. But it, it, like what I really love about that interview is the fact that we didn't really just talk about basketball. We have our guests on. It's typically like we want to know about basketball. That's all we all love. But we all love life. And we talk a lot about like the real world and just what's going on. It was just a good conversation with a guy that happens to have a good experience with basketball. You're not talking about the MTV show. No, believe it or not, I am not hmm. talking about okay. any MVT. MVT. L- 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 I'm drunk. I know
0: I know what you're saying, it's all good. TBT?
2: Time. TBT. I'm trying to say we, TBT?
0: Well, yeah, we do talk about that though. <laughs> no, but it, it was a little bit different for us. I mean, obviously, it's a weird time right now, and I think we all kind of felt weird about what we were going to do today because of everything that happened yesterday, and I think we were all kind of just like, we talked about this with Carter, just like, should we just have a normal podcast or what should we do? So I definitely think we had a little bit more of a solemn tone. I mean, just kind of a real conversation and it was kind of a little bit out of our normal brand, but, I think normally we play a character on here, you know, like it, it is who we are. We're, we're idiots. We're jackasses, but I think it's a bit of a character as well. Um, so we kind of had like some real talk. It was fun, man. Carter's been like kind of a mentor, a, a little bit of a guy. I, I've been in some tough situations the last couple of years and, and he would like hit me up on Instagram. Hey man, you you cool. And then we'd have like a, you know, an hour long talk or whatever, which was weird, but it was like before I even like knew him in this capacity. So um, yeah, Carter's, Carter's good people, man. So it was just cool to talk to him about life and, and just coaching and all the stuff that he's been through. So if you guys have nothing else, let's let's cut to Carter just a fair warning to everybody it is
1: kind of like in the middle of the conversation we started recording i was not expecting to start recording we didn't really like uh do our typical intro with this interview we just started just talking which is something i love about it so here you go
0: I, to be honest with you, just my blunt perspective, I just don't believe in sugarcoating things. Like, I think it's bullshit. I think it's, I think this whole, um, this whole patriotism thing is like something to hide behind, you know, for that group that's doing these kind of things. Um, if I'm being completely honest with you, I, I think it's fake patriotism. And in my completely blunt perspective, I think it's, I
4: think it's stupid. If I'm just, I, I can't think of a better word than yeah. it's just stupid and unnecessary. I think what's disheartening about the whole thing is what, part of the patriotism should have been is that they should have been stopped, right? You know, like, so that's my thing is just looking at it, it's very disheartening to look and just be like, okay, I get it. People have like their views and whatnot, but like sure. the fact that people could just go into the Capitol and just, that's it, it just, to me is insane. Like, I just can't wrap my head around it. Cause like, if I were to go to Washington right now and try to storm into the White House and kick Donald Trump out, like they would shoot me. And, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm a white person. Like God only knows what happened if a black person got near, you know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. So the fact that we can let like a group of people just, I don't get it. It doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: What what was crazy to me is like, they claim to be patriots. They call themselves patriots, but then tear down the American flag out of the Capitol building and replace it with the Trump flag. Like, that's just saying you, you want, you don't want America. You want Trump's America. Yeah. And like that to me is just as much as the Confederate flag. Like you want a different America than what, what you have.
4: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting deal because basically if in any other country, well, I have two things. First, if let's just say 10 years ago, you'd have watched a movie of that yesterday. You just said, like, there's no fucking way anyone's getting in the Capitol that easy. Like, this is the dumbest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> right. Like, this isn't real. Like, come on. That's the Capitol. Like, no one's just going to walk in. Yep. Like, just, you, you couldn't even rationalize in your mind that it could happen, right? Like, that's how dumb it is. Then... It. i mean it's just so like it's just yeah it's why i don't know it's i don't even know what to say it's like it's very disheartening well then you get to the point
1: where they opened up the gates for them Mm -hmm.
4: (laughs) it's wild it's like (laughs) the commander of the free world stood in front of these people and like incited them to go do this there's tweets from like this group from like december 21st that they were going to go do this on this day i mean it's it's, it's it's a coup. Like in any other country, you'd call this a coup. Like they tried to overthrow the government. Like they put their own flag up. Like it's wild. And it's just like, mm-hmm. whatever, like come on in. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. And it's one thing, especially we talked about, like,
0: you know, everyone got up in arms with like the looting and the rioting and all that crap. But they're like with chairs, like busting open windows of the Capitol building. I'm like, where is the line here like it's one thing to do it to a hobby lobby you know what I mean like that's one you know what I mean but like this is the freaking ca- like I used to you know, I was in the government and I was stationed near DC in Fort Meade Maryland for three years and I would go to the Capitol building and I'm in uniform and like I would walk up to a certain point and they'd be like hey you you, you can't go farther than here
4: and that's the Capitol and, building I'm in I'm in a military uniform and like and it's hard it's hard yeah. to say you have patriotism when you want to wreck that like to me there's certain things in America that I was talking to my mom today And she was like, well, I'm so like, I'm shocked. They didn't burn the building down. And I'm like, honestly, like if they would have burned that building down, I have no clue what would have happened in America. Cause like there's certain things you just can't like, you just can't let happen. You know, like I, God only knows, thank God that didn't happen, but it's just such, it's so much disrespect and I'm not saying Biden is right. I'm not saying Trump's right. Like, I don't really care on either one. I just know that what happened wasn't (laughs) right. Like, I know that. And I know that like, Anyone in America feels good. I was talking to a kid that I work out today and I asked him like how he felt about it. And he's like, Well, honestly, like I'm I don't I don't really I'm not really paying attention to it because you know young kids don't. And I'm like, This might this is your guys's version of 9 11, you know? Because if you like if you put COVID into it, like because I think kind of all goes hand in hand with Black Lives Matter, COVID, this yesterday, like this is this generation's version of 9 11. And if like people don't understand that like america's changing for the worse and we don't do anything about it quick like we have some serious fucking problems we have to address and it really just starts with trusting one another and until people can have open conversations and just like listen to the other side and admit they're wrong we're fucked like just to be very yeah. transparent
1: and that's mm-hmm. the thing we have radicals on both sides and they're both yeah. like they're all morons the they they refuse to listen to like there's a reason we have two sides it's so we can listen to each other and benefit off each other's knowledge. But when you completely ignore half of it and just assume they think differently than I do, then then they're wrong. Then we are fucked.
0: We Aren't are we at a point now, though? I don't know about you guys. I just think this whole system is just this. This system was founded in what the eighteen hundreds, eighteen fifty. Like I just think the whole two party thing is beyond archaic. And I think it just. I think it just. I think it like I don't know, it it puts people in a position to just to be divisive, you know, like because there's it's just black and white. It's like I pick this side all the way over here, or I pick this side all the way over here. When I think the reality of people, ninety five percent I think are pretty reasonable, but this causes people to just be on different sides and it it causes division, I think. So I just think I think the whole system, yeah.
4: And you can't get a fair like should should Trump been impeached? I don't probably, but the Republicans weren't gonna let it happen because it was their party. They weren't voting. Right. They weren't voting right or wrong, and it'd basically be like having a jury of like all men, and a guy's on trial. And they're like, <laughs> "Nope, he's a guy. He's not guilty." Like you can't do that. Like you got to listen right. to reason and then say this is what's best for the people, right? And to me, that's where like we've really lost something. The government is like, yeah, people don't it. make decisions on what's good for their people, like in their state. They do it on what's good for their pocket, and like yep. that's a fucking that's that's bad. And people
0: prioritize party over country, and that's the that's my big problem, coach. Is it's like you, you get the Democratic Party in, and they try to undo everything the, Pro- the Republicans did for two yeah. years, and then they move forward a little bit, and then the, the Republicans get pissed off during that four year period, so then they get in, they try to undo all that shit for two years, and then they you know it's just like two steps forward, three steps back year after year, it's just like yeah. what are we doing you know like it's you like it's, and i saw the tweet that was supposed to be funny it's like what's so united about these states and it's true it's like there's just two clear sides that just oppose each other in everything and it's just like what are we doing? There's one country. You know what I mean? Like, you'd think we'd all be on the same team, maybe different viewpoints, sure, but that's what makes the country great, or it should be a melting pot kind of thing, but it's
1: like... the entire goal of the two-party system. We're all working against each each other. And
4: it's it's hate, too. It's not like we have different viewpoints. It's straight-up hate. No, it's deep-rooted. You know, like, I I mean, today I was sitting at my house and I was just thinking, like, if I was African-American, I would be so like, outraged because... As a white male, I'm outraged that our country, like it's very glaring that, yeah, if that would have been a group of black people, they wouldn't even have been remotely close to getting on a step, yep, to get in the Capitol building. I mean, when the Black Lives Matter movement was going on, I mean, if you looked at the Lincoln Monument, they lined up the National Guard like you thought yeah. North Korea was coming in here to like behead Lincoln. That's all and, I saw that photo today. Yeah it's wild and like so there's this thing in america that we just we have to fix and like again i people just have to start trusting one another i don't know how i really i wish i had an answer i don't know how you fix it but it's just that the last time i felt this down about our country or just down about like it was 9-11 it was just the same kind of like weight it's just like it's not fun to live here right now is it bad that I, – I hate saying this, but it's like this didn't even hit me
0: as hard because this feels like something that we already knew, you know? Like this just doesn't surprise me at all, Coach. Yeah. Like it's terrible, but it's like I wish I could tell you I was – more than like 5% surprised by this. Like, I feel like this is just, the writing's been on the wall for some time. And I just feel like now we're just, it's finally being evident. And I, I honestly believe part of me does that yet, yeah, like it's, it's bad right now. And like the signs are out there, but I do believe a lot of this is just like that evil being smoked out. And it's like, you know, I think that side is, is, is clinging to like their old school values. And I think that they're feeling, um, they're feeling threatened and they're feeling vulnerable of their way of life because now just the world's changing. And I think, you know, yep everything everyone's getting more uh you know equal rights and i feel like a lot of that you know let's call it what it is like that middle-aged white male who's had all the benefits his entire life is like well shit you know now everyone else is getting equal footing this sucks you know like let's fight against this so i think a lot of it's being smoked out and i think some of it's good even though it, it's but here's
4: the, but i agree but here's the problem that's not who was breaking into the Capitol yesterday yep white america who's like upper middle class that wasn't that's not who was doing that Right. And to me, that's what's kind of scary. It's like, it's this, it's the radicals on both sides. Right. It's yep. just this weird group that like, I mean, we basically had do- domestic terrorism yesterday. Like, I mean, now like one of the armed security, one of the security guards is now dead. Another lady died, but like no one, is. I mean, I'm sure they've arrested people at this point, but like, what, what? how does that happen? Like it's I in Washington, DC. Like we have like, I there, there I were more
1: arrests of the black lives matter movements than than it's breaking into disgusting. the fucking Capitol.
4: it's
0: so <laughs> disgusting when you see like the defense budget and then you just see like all these just crazies just having like a class field trip when they felt like it around the capitol building it's just like
1: what all the because fuck? their candidate lost an election
0: yeah
1: a yeah. fair election
0: Yeah. That's a good point too. It's just like, what's the logic there? It's like, I I get being upset, but like, it's like the logic is we lost an election fair and square. So we riot. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just like, I don't know what the logic is there. Like, I I don't know. I I just, it's, it's, it is, it is just hard to
4: understand. I think the one thing that we can all like, I don't know, agree on, but the thing that people need to look at is elections are important. You, you, if the fact that we, we elected a dude who did a reality show where he fired people and like, (laughs) We really thought like good things were going to come out of that is kind of on us. You know, and I think all of us needed to like look in the mirror and come out of this a little bit better and just say, hey, like your neighbor a little bit more, understand someone whose day is going poor, like tell somebody you love them. I don't know, but like this place, we need to get back to liking one another or we're again, we're fucked.
0: I think a lot of it too, like you said, it's just respect for one another. And I think a
4: lot of it is just understanding. And I, th- I just think
0: that America is the, what, what, makes it, what makes it great in, in a good scenario is that everyone's different. Everyone's different backgrounds, different ideas, different perspectives, all that. But I just think there's such a different gap in, in life and all these kind of things. I just think a lot of understanding can go a long way. A lot of compassion, empathy. I just think all that is just, it's just gone. Like people just don't give a fuck about anyone, no. anyone else. Oh, yeah. And it's just, it's horrible. Like I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. Um, but I guess it's, it's deep rooted. It obviously is. And it's just, it's, it's hard to, hard to witness, honestly.
1: It's, it's kind of like how, I mean, you know, see fans when they shoot 25% from three and then they complain about the refs. Is that Thank a you, very Andy. similar situation?
4: Thanks for going to ask you a question. <laughs> is that, is that your like little, is that your bedroom for being Like when you were like seven, <laughs> I knew like what I is, what are those like Tonka trucks back? Or like, what is that on the wall? Uh, they, what's, what's going on there? Yeah. The dump uh, truck and concrete mixers those are getting famous so, around here it's, it's like, I, a like thing. I like the top like what's the banner
1: <laughs> oh the top the top like okay so people keep talking about the drum trucks but are slept on are the bears
0: yeah on the drum yeah, trucks uh-huh wow that's, that's, that's good intense.
2: stuff <laughs> all of this that's was yeah, done nice. by Andy with uh, a recent house renovation like this is new stuff this is my <laughs> choice by Andy <laughs> that, that's Cap I think
0: oh I really? that's Henry. great now, Rick, I, this is this is the brag he gets every single time. He has had intercourse in that room with that wallpaper. So, I mean, clearly he's, you know, he's doing something right, man.
2: With a stuffed he's one, animal.
0: He's yeah. practicing with a weighted vest on. <laughs> like he's, yeah, he's, he's got it going on, man. But, Rick, I mean, uh, do, you, do you have any more thoughts on, on this or what you want to talk about? Like, do you have any more thoughts on, on everything going on right now?
4: No, I'm, I, I think, yeah, I'm good
0: it's yeah it's and like we said earlier it is just kind of tough and and just weird and i kind of just don't know how to feel about talking about anything else right now so like if you're comfortable talking about other stuff you know i I think we're going to kind of keep it semi-serious and all that kind of stuff i know you know we're known to be jackasses and stuff but um it's literally in
1: the like in the motto
0: yeah that's the thing But, but 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 yeah i think all that stuff is is kind of stupid because like we actually do care about shit and i thought it'd be kind of cool to like have just a, a life conversation um i think I, we've always been like kind of cool and, and had conversations and stuff um sure. and i i do kind of just i really just do respect your mindset and I, i'm just really interested in like motivations and inspirations and why people do what they do um so i always kind of wanted to have that conversation tonight and just kind of talk about what you're doing and, and how you're doing and and uh, yeah. all that kind of fun stuff if that sounds cool um philosophy yeah. type stuff so uh so obviously you know what brings us together is basketball i mean i, I run a stupid burner account uh you you've had a very uh successful coaching career obviously at a paul associate head coach assistant coach at xavier which we're all diehard fans of um but i'm more interested in kind of like the beginning there i heard you talking about this on your on your podcast Define reality of like the old days i think you were talking to ben johnson of like the beginning yeah. you know when you're like at a, at a lower level um kind of talk to us maybe about those days and just like what got you into coaching and what inspired you to, to chase
4: that so um i was in college and I was a sophomore and I was driving down the street and my dad was bitching at me on the phone about not having a job. And I was at a stoplight and I looked to my left and it was at a middle school and it said, coaches want it. And I was like, I mean, I play basketball. I, love, I mean, I like basketball. I'm like, duh. So I turn in and I go into the AD's office and I'm like, hey, you know, has the, has the like position been filled? And he's like, no, like, but you start tomorrow. Like you're the eighth grade B coach. I'm like, okay, cool. So I go back to my like, house. My buddy, me and him played uh, high school together. I'm like, hey, you wanna be my assistant? The next day, like we're coaching eighth grade basketball. What's, I, what's really weird about like, there's a lot of things that kind of lined up, but like one of the things was the first day we had tryouts, like I was the B coach. So the A coach got their players. Well, the next day after that, like a kid walks in and he automatically got put on my team. Well, he ended up being like the best player there. It was Mike Garland's son, who was an assistant coach at Michigan State, which was just like, if he'd have been there the first day, like he wouldn't have been on my team, right? So I had a coach from Michigan State always coming. Sorry, my phone's all messed up moving around. <laughs> and kidding. then we end up winning like, I don't know, six of the eight games. Like we lost our first two, but I got teed up every game. Like I was a maniac. Like, <laughs> I really had no idea like what I was doing at all. Like I literally was clueless to what I was doing, but I had a really good player. So that helped. <laughs> end of the season, the varsity coach is like, well, the AD, me and the varsity coach have a meeting and <laughs> the AD tells me that like, obviously I'm not, I'm not walking back. Right. Like, I had bad sportsmanship, whatever. But the varsity coach was like, hey, I want you to come work for me, like, for the rest of this season. So then now I'm the varsity assistant, like, and there's half the season left. Well, he actually was, his, his name was Chris Ferguson. His brother was on the board of directors at Michigan State. So we had all access to Michigan State basketball. So from, like, that point, like, I just, I went to Michigan State basketball practice every day. Like, I just kind of got, so I loved coaching. And then from there, I ended up coaching uh, the Michigan Mustangs. So that's where I met Drew Nitzel. And then from there, everything was kind of fell into place. And it
0: seems like a connection-based business. I mean, from there, it's just like the connections connections poured in. So and then maybe what was like the what was the what was your next job after that?
4: So I was a GA at Michigan State for three years, and then I was at Fairfield with Ed Cooley for two years, then at Western Michigan for four, Missouri for one. Xavier for two, DePaul for two. That's a crazy route. That's, that's yeah, a I'm crazy route. That's yeah, insane. I,
1: so, what you're saying is the reason I'm still at the eighth <laughs> grade level is because
4: I
0: don't know the right people? <laughs> you're not getting FTs, Andy.
4: <laughs> no, it ain't really. It truly is all about who you know. Like, I was fortunate, though, because, like, the Michigan Mustang thing helped me a ton because I had really good players. So, like, I had three Mr. Basketballs in a row. So, Thanks. like, obviously, a lot of coaches recruited for me. Like, I mean, I got Western Michigan because I worked with David Cool, who's uh, Mr. Basketball in the state of Michigan they recruited him from me when I was coaching AAU so that's how I got back there like I didn't get I mean this is a really interesting I never interviewed for a job like in a coach I didn't you knew the person they hired you that's insane that how you I, know? Chris Mack like Brad Redford like I had Brad Redford Mr. Basketball so that's how I got to know Chris <laughs> that's so it, that, that's insane to me it's just the whole connections thing what do you think is your
0: favorite thing about coaching basketball like what's your what's your favorite thing about it
4: Um, So the the thing that I miss about coaching more than anything else is the mentorship that goes on outside of the game. Right. So like at the end of the day, the definition of leadership in my opinion is getting people to do things they don't want to do. Well, the only way you can do that is they have to trust you and they have to believe in you. Right. So like you really can't, I can't go out on the court and tell someone they have to run harder. If I don't know about their family or we haven't had dinner together. And like, I don't know them as a person and they don't know me. So it was just those, it's literally the day-to-day interaction sitting in the office where like, you're asking someone how their day is and like, you're making an impact on them if they're having a bad day and vice versa. Like they're coming in you're having a bad day. Like it's just investing in people and getting a return out of it.
1: That's actually something that kind of hits uh, me kind of at home. Cause someone actually questioned why me in my mid twenties, the moment I enter the gym, I go and sit with the eighth oh. graders. I, I want them to think of me as kind of a friend.
4: Yeah. And like 100%. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think a lot of people look at it. There was one coach that was always like, well, you need to have him call you Coach Carter. And I'm like, well, no, no, actually I don't. Like, I don't, you can come into the fuck you want. I don't care. Like, (laughs) as long as you respect me, like, I don't need a title for you to respect me. Like, I need your, I need you to respect, I need you to respect me. You know what I mean? Like, so that's just kind of how I looked at it.
0: And there's just a million ways to skin a cat. I don't think I necessarily have to call you Coach Carter per se to show you my respect. I think that's shown in way more ways than just a specific title, yeah. you know. Well, the um, way you show respect yeah. is
1: like listening, acknowledging, and really just being a good buying person in. to that person.
4: Like, it's not, it's not barging into the capital and like it, it's <laughs> buying in, right? That's no, really no, what it no. is. It's, you know, it's buying into the system for sure. It's listening, no doubt
0: that's fair I, I can tell you just as a player when I was young like that was one of my favorite things was just like the wisdom and like don't get me wrong I'm a, I'm a hoops junkie I always will be I love I love the air basketball but like to me it was just like the wisdom and stuff especially like a lot of kids especially right now like their parents in weird situations same with mine like my dad was yeah. gone my mom was abusive like so like my coaches were like my parents you know what I mean like that was cool for me and just soaking up that wisdom and stuff and I love the basketball sure. stuff but to me it was like the brotherhood and like the bond I, like going on team trips and stuff staying in hotels like those are your brothers and stuff that's the stuff I miss the most and i, I just 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 love that environment of of being being on a basketball team and all that kind of stuff. Um, So like, when you think about like life and like philosophy type stuff, like, like, why do you do what you do even beyond coaching? Like, I know you've done a lot of different stuff. Like you've got the defined reality, you got spotter EU, you've got all this stuff you've been doing details training. Like what's like your philosophy with anything that you're doing? Like what, what are you trying to accomplish uh, by any vehicle, whatever it
4: is? So my, it, it literally is the same thing. Like my whole deal is, and this is where COVID's kind of hurt me as a human. Like I miss my clients, right, with spotter because like I took on their problems. Like I enjoy dealing with other people's problems. Like I care about people. So like if I invest in them, they have success. Like we both win. You know. So if you look at like everything I'm really doing, whether it's spotter, I'm trying to solve an issue of people going to class and people not being able to get accurate information. If you look at details training, like I'm trying to make kids better. You know, I'm trying to invest. So like my my whole thing is invest in other people and then return will come from it. That's that's huge. And problem solving is so
0: valuable. I mean, you look at a CEO, what's yeah. he doing all day? Problem solve problem solving. I mean, yeah, Head coach of yeah, basketball exactly problem solving, keeping egos together. You know what I mean? Playing time, you know that that's just at any level in any any business. That that awesome. whole just solving problems. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
4: right? And the it's only big, way you can really do that though is like if you have a pulse on the environment, right? Sure. And that's where like if you don't go sit with the eighth graders who you're coaching, like how, how can you have a pulse on what they're feeling? Like how can you know? Like you don't, and you're the adult, so like you're someone that's supposed to be in charge of them, which is great. You can be in charge of them. But like, if you don't know how they feel, you're fucked. Like you have no <laughs> clue. So now you're just a dictator. And that's not really how any environment supposed to work. What was your favorite level to coach? The, I mean, the highest level possible. Like, I, I mean, dealing with talent was great because – you're not having to coach as much like you're not trying to I mean yeah you have to make them better basketball wise like Missouri was my favorite team I ever coached we had more talent on that team than I've ever been a part of team was loaded yeah but you literally every day like dealing with them as people to get them to be able to mesh. you know like that was more than half the battle like that's I mean we had a lot of talent so like it was more getting them to understand like what you had to sacrifice for the whole team to be good and so many people like miss it it's like you got to give something up for the greater good so everyone can, like, benefit. And if you don't, like, well, then you're going to be the problem. You're going to be odd man out. Absolutely. Who's your, favorite
0: per- who's your favorite player you've ever coached before and why?
4: I mean, that's not fair. I mean, like, there's just yeah. a ton of them. So, like, Drew Knightsell was the first person that really ever bought into me. And, like, he was a ninth grader at the time. We worked all through high school together. And then he went to Michigan State. I was a GA there with him. I mean, I talk to, I mean, he's my little brother. I talked to Drew four times a week. So, like, that's just a special relationship because of that. Um, I mean, Brad and me were extremely close. Uh, David Kuhl, the, all the guys that won Mr. Basketball. I mean, everyone I recruited, I still talk to, you know, like JP McCure, obviously, I'm like, to my, I mean, me and JP would have conversations when I was recruiting him. We'd, we'd be on the phone to like three in the morning, just like talking about life. Like, he was just, that's that cool we shit, were getting, yeah. yeah, like, we were getting JP. It wasn't, it didn't have anything to do with basketball um jabari brown and me are really close Kid at missouri i mean he he impacted my life in a a crazy way he was awesome phil pressy another one of my favorite players um honestly, there's not (laughs) i don't even what's crazy is is like like justin martin d davis miles like all those dudes i'm really like close to like i was always a player's coach
0: that was a fun era
4: is there like a most fulfilling moment you've ever had like something you're most proud of Um, that's a tough one uh I, every year the kids graduated was always a cool deal just because it's one of those things that you, i mean that's the only thing you can really promise them when you recruit them is that you're gonna you're gonna graduate college and a lot of times i couldn't be there because i would have moved out to another job like there was only one that i was at for four years so like it was still cool to be able to like see them do that um JP's success was very rewarding in the grand scheme of things, just because like that was a hard dude for me to leave because me and him were extremely close. Uh, but to see him like have the success that he had after and like me and him would talk every day. So like it was cool to see him have that kind of end run. That was really rewarding because a lot of people kind of doubted him. And even yeah. at Xavier, like he, early on, he probably didn't get the playing time he should have, but like he toughed it out. So it was good to see him have that success. Did you know he was going to be that good in college? Yeah, no question.
0: Because I think you see him and it's like, okay, like how many like really, really good, like six, six, like white guys, shooting guards are there in college. It's D1 yeah. level in the Big East, you know? It's, I think it's easy just to profile it and be like, okay, what's this guy gonna do? You know?
1: One thing so we always do is J- gonna bring energy. That's what they yeah, always so showed from day one. I'm
0: motor guy.
4: I watched <laughs> JP play in AU probably like 40 times. And that was from when I was at Missouri to when I was at Xavier. Mm-hmm. And He never, he didn't, he rarely lost. His competitive spirit was like insane. And the higher the intensity got, the better he played, you know? And like, I, this is the best JP story that I have. We're in Brazil and JP's a freshman and we, they've been on campus, I think two or three weeks. And D Davis comes to my room and he's like, dude, we, this, we got to kick this guy. We got, he can't be on the team. Like everyone hates him. Like, he's a prick. Like, he's just always on people's – like, always on their ass. Like, he's talking shit all the time. Like, no one likes him. Like, this is going to be good. And I looked at D, and I go, D, let me help you with this real quick. This is the type of dude that you win games with on the road. Okay? Like, every team has to have one. Like, you're right. He's getting under your skin. But just think about him in the game. Like, that's what he – and the, the more he gets under your skin, the better he is. Like, when I was at Nepal, <laughs> I literally told my team, like, guys, do not say a word to him. Like if you say one thing to this fucking crazy man, like he's going to go off. But if you don't, he'll self-destruct. Like he'll get his own head and he just, it's not that he won't play well, he just won't play. But as soon as you say something, you're fucked. And literally, literally a walk on at the end of the bench talk shit to him like four minutes before the end of the half. And I saw it and I'm like, we're done. Like we're done. And the whole game changed. And it wasn't even just for JP. It was like this energy that he brought was infectious to all those around him. And it was just weird, like confidence. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like I'll fuck you up. Like, and other people get rattled in it, but that chaos, he like, he thrived in. And it was every time I ever seen him play.
0: Was it crazy watching him? Cause you weren't there his senior year, right? Uh, like the Wisconsin game on the road. He just went out of his. I was, I was at the game. Oh I was my at the game. God. Like he, yeah, was at the he game. You're, he's a maniac, man. Like when it goes between the lines and like, they're right he's not he's insane but no he knows what he's yeah. doing but he just goes in another zone like, he's like the joker yeah exactly like the yeah, seat yeah. hall game on the road like that fan base was all over him he had like that that tip dunk to just bury
4: him it's insane yeah, the, you're better to leave him alone you just don't <laughs> you can't he's that little annoying dude like in elementary school that when you give him attention they they get more energy that's him <laughs> but like you can't punish them. <laughs> yeah, man. They can't, like, people can't get, they can't, like, they can't not understand, like, just don't talk to him. I loved
0: you. I, you said this one time. I think this was on a Cap Live or something. Like, his competitive spirit. I think you guys were playing, you guys were playing X, I think his senior year. Yeah. And he's in the hotel room with you the night before, giving you
4: game plan. Man, <laughs> like, no, tell me. He, said there. So he did. He came in, he was like, we're going to double, we're going to double Billy Garrett and all ball screens. And, like, he goes, I'm just trying to help you out, man, because we were going to lose. Like, we weren't winning. Yeah. But, like, that's where, like, Again, me and JP are really close. So that's where I was just like, this dude really cares about me because he's not going to let me lose by like 900. <laughs> Only you by know? like 15. Like, yeah, like he just wasn't going to. It was, Wait, so that's do, I got.
1: do you think it was a combination of him like caring about you as like a true friend or that little arrogance that he has?
4: Yeah. No, no, it wasn't. It was really a – it was a very weird moment because when he's telling me this, like, like when me and JP would like hang out and talk, like it was like two brothers. Like we were talking like two friends. And he's just like, man, listen, like, I'm just telling you, like, we're going to, we're going to trap, we're going to trap all streams. And it was like, like that kind of, it wasn't like, dude, we're going to fuck yeah. you up tomorrow. Like it was, not that, it <laughs> yeah. was like, we were just sitting there chilling. Like I was catching up with how he was doing, blah, blah, blah. And like, he was, I was like, I'm, I went down the next morning. I'm like, dude, we're fine. Like we need to, We need to put something in because we didn't have anything yeah. to, like counter that. Like we were going to lose by a lot, you know, like, because the other thing is Mac also knew. I mean, I knew Chris really well. Chris was a do it, we do guy. Like, he, I knew he wasn't going to, well, I thought he wasn't going to do anything different. Well, the only thing is, he also knew that I knew how to attack the one, three, one, because I put it in. So it was like one of those weird yeah. things where, like, his one, three, one couldn't fuck us up, but he was going to fuck me up because he had something that I didn't think he was going to do, which that, that would have worked. And that Xavier team was pretty good. <laughs> they they had, talk about talent. They had a little bit of talent. That was an awesome. So, like, the two years that I had to play Xavier, well, think about it i lost both big east games in the tournament to him but you both years and it was just one of those weird things that god lines it up it's like oh no like let's throw this right back in your face but also it was always really i was always really proud of those guys so like i never looked at that as a loss because like i always rooted for them like i never didn't i i hate this is a terrible thing for me to say <laughs> i didn't really ever want to beat them like that yeah i've heard, I heard a lot yeah.
0: yeah. And that's one thing I was interesting. It was interesting too about your careers. Like, like you said, you had a lot of like two three year stops. So like, I bet it was kind of weird watching things like come to fruition. You know what I mean? Like that was your recruiting class. You know, that it was I very think- rewarding.
4: Yeah. Like Western Michigan, I was there for four years and they, the year I was at Missouri, they went to the NCAA tournament and I'd recruited all those kids. Like I recruited 11 of the 13 guys on the roster, you know, like, and it was very like, I was like, this is, this is really cool. Cause it worked. You know, now it's one of those things yeah. like, well, wait a minute. Why isn't it working when I'm there? Like, why do I have to leave? But like, it was still cool that it worked, yeah. you know? So, yeah. But, but
2: I mean, it's so, a process. I'll the,
4: when I coached, the worst thing I was ever a part of is we beat when I was at. <laughs> <laughs> this is really crazy. <laughs> when I was at DePaul, we beat Providence and it was at Providence. And I went on the bus and I apologized to Ed Cooley because I knew we fucked about it getting into the tournament because we sucked. You know what I mean? Like we were so, we were like RPI was three, whatever. And like yeah. I that was my like Ed's one of my best friends in the world. And I like, yeah, I wanted to win because it's a game, but I also knew what it did to them and their chances. And it really was. It was a very was that I like one of their good them. years? I like, didn't want to hurt them. Yeah, they had a team. Chris Dunn.
0: You you beat them on the road, and they had Chris Dunn, Ben Benton. Yeah. Oh my god. That's insane. But to Paul's come a long way to talk about the Paul. Like they, they're not what they used to be at all.
4: No, um, Tim Anderson's really helped them with recruiting in Chicago. Like, they're actually getting better players. So, like, yeah, they've done a good job of actually recruiting talent, and hopefully they can keep that going.
0: Definitely. When you look at, like, college basketball, I bet it's super weird being a coach being that integrated in basketball all the time. Like, is it weird watching it on TV all the time now?
4: I mean, not really. I mean, it's. I look at – I mean, I watch the game more like I'm scouting games and I like, yeah. like, a fan, you know, like – Yeah, I feel like it's like a film
0: director watching movies. You know what I mean? Like, you're not, like, sitting there and enjoying it. You're probably dissecting everything.
4: Well, I don't watch the ball. That's what's really weird. So, like, when I watch the game with people, they're like, what do you? And I'm like, you guys just keep watching the fucking ball. Like, the ball is irrelevant. Like, look at every – watch the other four guys. So, it's just weird. Yeah, I guess that's probably where it's, like, a director. It's weird. Exactly.
0: Is there anything in the game going on right now, like you watch the college basketball season? There's clearly some teams that want to play, some teams that don't. And I think there's a huge gap in that the NBA right now, like, is anything in basketball right now striking you or
4: interesting to you? Well, I think everybody wants to play. So I think that's a misnomer. Yeah. I think the biggest difference is, is that, like, coaches that have a ton of talent that normally break those teams down, like the military, and get them to come together as one. So your Kentuckys, your Memphises, yeah. your Michigan States, like, they didn't have the time to do that. So now we're seeing what would normally happen in the preseason, and we think they're bad. It's just, no, this is how the game – this is how they normally come together. So I think that's an interesting dynamic. Um, I'm, I, this, this won't be a popular opinion. I, the whole like mental health thing, I think is a very blown out of proportion deal with athletes because mm. I think it's being overplayed. And I think they need to look in the mirror and say, wait a minute, we get to do something that no one else gets to do. And like, we actually have a privilege. So it goes back to my whole gripe with society right now is like, no, you have a fucking privilege right now. Like you're getting to do something other people can't. Let's not turn this something. Let's not turn this into this big mental health crisis because it's not like the people that are stuck in their house that don't get to do fucking shit. That's a mental health crisis, and that's where it needs to kind of be focused.
0: Fair point. Uh, and you even talk about like, the NBA thing. Like that was not the worst situation in the world. That bubble, like get out of here. <laughs> like,
4: like, and I'm on. not saying the bubble was easy because like right. being trapped, like being there when not around your family, like yeah, I get it, fair. But like. Dude, I was You're on an aircraft carrier, like, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like for, I don't, I don't want to hear correct. it. Correct. <laughs> it's a good point. Yeah, it's a really good point. You I know, was on an like,
0: aircraft carrier making $2 an hour, no internet, cold showers. If you get showers, like, sleeping in a coffin, like, bro. Hey, but those <laughs> ceilings <laughs> well, no, were
4: spotless. Just, <laughs> yeah, you're well, there, no, right. like and defending these people's freedom—that's a good, you yeah. know, like and like I'm worried about dying tomorrow. Like he's like, come on,
0: bro. Like I don't want to hear about this. Like I'm on the golf course at Disney World, making millions of dollars. Like my mental health, like face- FaceTiming my family. Fuck they're off. Worried, they're worried. <laughs>
4: if they're worried of they're going to get a bike to be able to bike around fucking
0: Disney. Yeah, like bitching about the food. I'm like, homie oh, I wasn't even eating. I got. I'd be lucky to get stereo on the ship. Come on, bro. Fuck off. I'm these uh, Quarantined. It's all, it's all, it's all real. It's all, it's all What good was that, kid? I guess
2: mm-hmm. Corey, he was <laughs> quarantined good. in the dump truck room. That is true. true.
0: Yeah, that's, that's solitary confinement right there, Andy. That's, like, straight, like, torture being, <laughs> being stuck in there.
4: So how much was, like, basic training, like, quarantine, right? Like, yeah, I mean. honestly the only time we'd be outside when we're marching like in the
0: navy it's different though they're kind of like trying to phase you into ship life so you're pretty much inside the whole time almost i mean we would we would march to do like basic shit but almost it's all like one self-contained building thing so like you have like your compartment which is like where if you watch full metal jacket like the whole center room is wide open and the racks great movie by the way fantastic movie movie. fantastic movie absolutely a jelly
4: fucking donut (laughs) i
0: know i
4: know bro jelly fucking donut my mentor made me
0: watch that shit like four times before i went off because he was in the army and he's like you got to watch this shit man like and soak it up he's like this isn't like this it's crazy he's like this isn't like cinema he's like this is how a lot of that shit's gonna be like it's a bad
4: movie after like when they leave boot camp i'm not i I don't really need to watch anymore for like the boot camp part though is wild
0: yeah the first yeah the first 30 minutes or so like fantastic absolutely fantastic i love it um but it was it was crazy but so kind of just getting back, like you said, the mental health and everything, like, how are you doing with everything? And like, what are you trying to make of these times? And like, any like new hobbies or new, like, what are you trying to make of this?
4: Yeah. So um, I actually, it's funny you ask this question because I was talking to one of my, well, Joe Hannell he used to play for me at Nepal, yeah. one of my employees. We were actually talking today about like 2020. And like, I think if all of us go back and look at 2020, as bad of a year as it was, You got to be, I grew a ton, you know, like I was able to like, really like step away from my business just because there was nothing going on, find out like family's important. You know, I started obviously coaching basketball again and I didn't know how much I missed that. I'm obviously now doing that a ton. And then working with some really talented players, uh, Jaden shoot who's been recruited by everyone. So like he's came into my life and having the ability to like refine my faith just through that. It's actually been a really kind of rewarding and cool time. Um, But I had to look for that. I wouldn't have known that if I didn't like really sit down and be like, wait, what has happened? You know, like, so that's been kind of cool. Yeah. I think that's a little
0: underrated. And I think it's one of those deals where it's like control what you can control, you know, like it is what it is, man. And I know it's a stupid fucking cliche, but it's like, man, I got my stupid little apartment gym here at my apartment complex with a little Bowflex in it. I'm hitting that five times a week, you know, just doing what right. I can. Like, that's all I got. I'm not going to go to a gym and play five on five with a bunch of dudes and get COVID and bring it home and, have my mom not be able to visit me and shit. And it's like, but you get to stay close to the family. I've been like integrating in that. You know what I mean? I've been growing and just like learning new skills and doing like learning a different language. You know what I mean? Like investing in the stock market, like just I'm using what we can. You know what I mean? It's like, we're stuck, you know, like let's, you know, let's make the most of it. You know, like I just don't believe make in the just most like, of
4: it's the best way to put it.
0: Yeah. I just don't believe in like wallowing and sitting in and also it's just a different mindset. Like, bro, I was working 15 hour days, seven days a week, like with nothing, you know? So honestly, it sucks. This is my first year out of the military. This is a huge upgrade for me, you know, like life is that's, way yeah, better today. And it's, I hate saying that. And I, I feel like I'm thriving this year and I feel bad because it's like, my life is exponentially better than it was a year ago today. Like, honestly, and I feel bad about that, but it's like, so I, I empathize because it's all, it's all relative, you know? So for a lot of people, it's taken a huge, huge step back. Um, so I, I feel it, but it's just about doing what you can do.
1: I, I get what you're saying, because I mean, I think of the I, I try to think of the positives out of everything. Like, you you know, how I'm like even out of Xavier losses, I try to find the positives out of it. You've yelled at me a couple of times,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but with the pandemic, like it got me out of a job I was miserable at and I really yeah. had no way out of it. I was living alone <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> so I, I was living alone and just completely miserable, like depression was out, out the, through the roof. I had to come back home be with my family. Um you started um,
0: this dumbass podcast.
1: I started the stupid ass podcast for jackasses. And <laughs> and I mean my called by corner for not drinking beer. <laughs> Wait a
4: minute, what, what 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 was the job you were doing if I could ask?
1: I was losing apartments and that industry oh. is fucking yeah. it is there they're sharks out there. And like I had to tell yeah. like someone their mom died and I had to ask them for two thousand dollars
4: oh yeah fuck. Like, it's... with that background i don't see you as a shark <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Andy's, Andy's a minnow.
1: <laughs> I, i'm a six foot i'm a six foot 140 pound white dude i'm no i'm not intimidating
4: so when i signed on this thing like it asked me if i wanted to do like uh, like fake background i could be like on the earth or like san francisco <laughs> yep. like you should choose that option probably
1: <laughs> well, what could be better than the dog trucks though yeah he's already got the goat background dude
4: i mean i almost feel like that is like uh, like a choose like you choose you chose that like that's not real like i don't, I don't think that's really going on back like people that. have yeah, exactly.
0: asked, asked me that before
4: <laughs> yeah me, the joke is me and cooper are
0: trying to get a, a photo of that so we can make it our background too so we can just all be it's dude. great on, i
2: got you i can do that right now
4: it's so good i love it i absolutely love it thriving in corn it is it's great what are the, have you named the bears yet, or no? What? Have you named yeah, the bears? Yeah, bears have names,
1: Andy. Yeah, I have not. That is a good. Like, that's a yeah. good about, idea. Uh, I'm about, an idea. I'm an
2: idea. Maybe guy. you could name one after Rick.
4: <laughs> no, wait a minute. Oh, oh Rick, wow! Would you like, like a bear a named after you? I was like, wait a minute. The bears are behind you now too. But like, you did it. That's impressive.
0: <laughs> wow,
4: Coop's that is got the great. tech,
0: man. Coop's our guy.
1: No, you can
4: name after all like Xavier <laughs> Xavier players.
1: Yeah, I could. Um who, uh, I, which one should Where I is name Griffin?
4: Which one is the Mick Cronin bear? Baron Griffin.
0: <laughs> <Let's>... <laughs> That's definitely the softest. Right. The, the plushie for sure. Mick Cronin is
1: definitely this little one right here.
0: Yeah, he got the little man. It's the tiny guy. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: That's his full body.
0: Oh my god! I, I gotta ask you this because it's this kind of wild. You coached against that man multiple times. Like, was there any like pregame stuff? Like, hey, we know we got this guy in the bag. Like, you, like what was it like game planning against in that game? Like in the crossdown shootout, what's that game plan like?
4: Um, so it's, it, it really is like there's a couple rivalries that I've been a part of that were like really intense. Like Michigan State, Michigan coaches oh hated him. Like that week was like it was always very it was just different. Like he was on a different level of like. We're gonna fuck these guys up. They hated him. Um, Missouri, Illinois was an interesting week just because across our the it's um, the bragging rights game, and you play it in St. Louis and the arena. Split. It's actually the best game I've ever coached in because half the fans are Illinois, half the fans are Missouri, and it, like it's wild. It's like a Final Four type atmosphere. But the Xavier Cincinnati thing was like really weird because like Steele and Mac had the, they hate and Mario like it was just this weird like city like. Especially yeah. Mac and Mario because they're from there. Like you guys from Cincinnati are weird. Like you guys have like Cincinnati people have oh, these weird yeah. clicks. Like it's really fucking hard to live there because like, I mean, Mario be like, "Yeah, I'm golfing with my high school buddies this weekend." I'm like, "Cool." Like you guys got an extra spot? He's like, "Oh no, we only have seven, But it's it's a high school thing. Like you're not like you can't go. And I, that wasn't I was a bad person, but no one could go. <laughs> like it was just this like yep. this is crazy. And that's just how Cincinnati it's is. Weird. So the high school things weird. It is. It's really weird. So that's where, like, this, the UC Xavier game. I I mean, I got it, but I did. I was just like, it's not this deep guy. (laughs) Like, and we always beat him. So it wasn't really a rival. Like, we won. It's like, these guys suck. Like, they don't have any game plan. They're just athletes trying to press you. Like, we have a better team. We're probably going to win by a lot as long as we don't do anything stupid, which we did. So yeah, it seemed weird because they just would never do anything like,
0: nothing – they're not going to do anything, like, sophisticated. It's just going to be what they are. Like, they're tough. They're going to rebound. And they're going to press you. But they have no shooting. They're not going to run any, like, sophisticated sets. And it's just, like, how are we going to lose with Trayvon Blewett and J.P. McCure against this team?
4: Well, the way way teams lose to that kind of stuff is they don't just take advantage of, like, easy baskets. So, you're going to have, like – when I was at Western Michigan, Steve Hawkins, the head coach there, he used to play against Bruce Pearl. Um, in division two and his thing against a press, you either take wide open threes or layups, but if you pull the ball out and then try to go like, that doesn't work. So just take what they give you. Like you're not right. going to be able to have your normal game plan and that's okay. Cause they're giving you open shots. And like, again, we had enough talent where they really weren't. They weren't, unless we yeah. shot really bad and it was just one of those nights, we probably weren't going to lose that game. But if you're getting rhythm threes with Trayvon
0: Kaiser Gates and JP McCura, you'd like, that's what
4: I'm saying. Them. Like you, yeah, you'd have to really be playing. Yeah. I mean, there's those nights where you just have an off night, you know, like the basket shrinks, but it's that, sure, in a rivalry game that normally doesn't happen. Kind of,
0: kind of like the Florida State game in the NCAA tournament. You know, when we were an 11 seed, it's just like you turn that press yeah. into an advantage, like just getting anything you want, like all game long. That was insane. Um, my last question that, that I'm just interested in. I mean, being under Tom Izzo, super freaking cool. Like, I'm just interested, like, what makes him great? What's his philosophy? Like, how does his brain work?
4: Um. So I was, I had a very interesting time there just because as a GA, like part of my deal was I drove him a lot to like recruiting trips. So I was with coach all the time. And um, I just got to, I mean, I like to ask questions anyway. So like I got to know him in a much different way and he recruited players from me before that. So coach's big thing is that like he holds you accountable to the standard that you, that you're trying to get to. And he holds you there to the nth degree. So if you want to be a pro as a player, like he's going to hold you to that standard. And he's not going to, he's not going to give you any shortcuts, you know, like if that's what you asked for, that's what you're going to get. And he does that to this day with people. Like, I mean, I, if I do something wrong, like coaches are still going to call me and tell me that like, this isn't who I am. So like, that's where he's really great. And um, he's relentless. He works harder than most people that I know. Like I got my work ethic for my mom, but like he mimicked that in a sense in basketball. So like, he's there all the time. He's there to like two in the morning every day. And like, No, no one's going to outwork him as an assistant. And in turn, like you uncover every stone and you're so prepared. And his thing with us as assistants was the guys weren't going to like him during the year. like He was going to be tough on them. So our job was to have relationships with them to be able to pick them up when they were down, you know, like, and that's kind of where that mantra came from.
0: Well, I'm sure there's different roles for it. I mean, just like there's different roles on a team for the roster, there's different roles for the coaching staff as well. And I'm sure you got, you, I mean, this blew up. I mean, that Aaron Henry thing, you know, where he was chewing out Aaron Henry. Yeah. And I'm sure, yeah, you've probably felt a way about that. I mean, firsthand.
4: I mean, what the best thing Tom Izzo ever did for me personally was when I was, uh, I was a GA and I did all the individual workouts in the summer because it was back before like the coaches could work with them. And Shannon Brown, Brandon Cotton, and Drew Namick were our freshmen my first year there. And my job was really to get Shannon Brown to, like, he had to run his lane in transition. Well, if Shannon wasn't running, Coach Izzo wouldn't come down and yell at Shannon. He would yell at me, right? Oh, and then, in turn, Shannon understood why I was yelling at him. So he gave me <laughs> credibility by, like, holding me accountable to stand, to what Shannon needed to do. So now when I was doing my job, Shannon wasn't mad at me for yelling at him. He understood like this guy's going to get yelled at by this maniac. And it's across the board. It's like with the managers, like if they're not cheering or yelling rebound during practice, like he blows the whistle, guys aren't rebounding. He's like, no, it's because you fuckers aren't yelling rebound. Like you got to yell rebound. So like the atmosphere in the gym, like everyone has a role and he holds them all accountable to it. And, and that's why he gets great success. Obviously. I know. And no, I don't know if anyone's had a better 20 year run than the last 20 than, than Izzo.
0: Um, and but I, I have another question popped in my head and I promise we'll get you out of here as soon as you want. I mean,
4: no, whenever, many whenever you say. You want. throw it out. Yeah.
0: I, I just appreciate talking to you. I like your mindset. I like your, your perspective. I think it's interesting. Who is your favorite
4: coach's practice to be a part of? It's, it's not, it's not even close. So like Tom is like my job basically at every place I went to after Michigan state was I was there to install Michigan state's culture. And, like, yep. and it, like, it's little things that people don't think of. It's, like, getting the managers to be bought in or GAs, like, giving them, like holding them accountable to things. And so, in turn, like, they find value in the program. Like, they have su- sweat equity, too. Like, they're holding people accountable. So, yeah, it wasn't even close. Like, Michigan State's by yeah. far.
0: And I'm sure being in that position, I'm sure everyone wants to get a piece of the pie. What's the formula? You know, what's the secret sauce any other program in the country, I'm sure.
4: Well, I mean, it's why I elevated so quickly. Like, yeah. I mean, I... I would, in, I would the only place I, I this is kind of crazy the only place I really can say that I learned something like a different system was Xavier because it really was Thad Mata um Sean Miller Sean, like it was yeah. their guy it was, yeah Chris's system and they were a do we do program so I really wasn't coming that was probably the only place I didn't come into and like yeah I gave some, <laughs> but it was I was more learning than anything else
0: gotcha fellas you guys have any questions on like this stuff specifically before we kind of move on to a different topic
2: I do have one question, and maybe Tom Izzo is the answer to it, but at <laughs> any point during during your coaching career, was there like that holy shit moment, whether it was going up against a different coach or being at a certain arena or playing against
4: a, um, a certain
2: player or anything like that where – I don't want to say – Yeah, so like when one, I was at Missouri – I made it moment.
4: Yeah, when I was at Missouri – I was brought in to be like the basketball guy, right? So like, I didn't really have to recruit, like my job was to like do all basketball stuff. And we went through the whole season and we were playing Kentucky on game day. And it was like the first year game day was around and literally it was, I think eight, 10 seconds left and call timeout. I think we were down, like we might've been, we were down two, And we needed to play to like win or tie the game. And we get in the huddle and like, Frank hands me the board like here draw the play up and I'm like come again like you want me to do what like we've been doing this now for like 27 games or whatever 28 you've never given me the board to draw a play like you're giving me the board right now like so basically if we don't hit it, like it's on me you know like it's like, <laughs> and we ended up hitting the, we yeah we made it but like or we went to overtime so it might have been to win the game and I don't know I don't even know if we made the shot but like he handed me the board we ended up going to overtime we lost but we did. At least we got to overtime. <laughs> That's incredible. That was one of those moments where I was just like, what the fuck is going on around here? Did you have a favorite game to be a part of as a college coach? I have a lot. So the final four was unbelievable at Michigan State. Uh, that was great. The whole experience was unbelievable. Um, there was a game. I mean, every play when I was at Western Michigan, we played at uh, Kent State. And the two guys had 40. David Cool had 40. the other kid had 40. We lost on a dunk at the buzzer, which was miserable. Um, when I was at Fairfield, we had a kid who averaged three points the year before. He was the conference player or runner up for conference player of the year. We were down by like, and this is a great story. We were down by like 16, 17. And there was like, we were getting ready to go to the under four minute timeout, and he was playing awful. And I worked him out all the time. I looked at him like, dude, are you going to fucking hit a shot? <laughs> and he smacks me on my ass and goes, yeah, dude, I got you. And this dude went on a fucking tear for four minutes. I mean, he literally scored like 21 points in four minutes, and we won. We beat Fran McCaffrey at Siena. Shit. And, like, me and Fran still talk about it. It was wild. It was That's crazy. crazy. <laughs> like, I got you. And he, like, so smacked me Co- on my ass. That was Ed Cooley, was Cooley versus wild. Fran
0: McCaffrey?
4: Yeah. yeah. Damn. What was it like? What was that Ed was Cooley a like? Rat. Cooley's the best. Cooley's unbelievable. Cooley's the most genuine human being that – he was by far the most genuine human being I worked for. Like, he's a really – he loves you. Like, I, yeah, I look at Ed as, like – I can't say my dad because, like, he's not that old. But, like, Ed and Norris took – that was a gr- unbelievable. They were, like, they're my family. They were awesome. Ed's That's great. That's yeah, so he's cool. great. I think that entire I mean, think vibe
1: about- is, like, kind of caught. I mean, us being Big East fans, like, we – we see Providence a lot. You just know Ed Cooley is a great dude just by watching him on yeah. television.
4: He's genuine. Like what you see yeah. is what you're going to get. Like that's who Ed is. Like, he's not like, he doesn't, he doesn't even have to, I can't even use the word. He doesn't sugarcoat it because he doesn't have to, like he's not that kind of person. He's an, yeah, he's, I mean, he's awesome. Yeah. Ed's the best. He's really, really hard not to, not to root for, not to like hundred percent. Um,
0: all right i just kind of a little bit of a transition here like what do you see like long term like what are you eyeing right now like do you have like a goal or like anything concrete that you like want out of that business or is it outside of coaching right now
4: i'm for like getting back yeah, into like, coaching. like yeah like what are you looking like what are you looking for right now? like what are your goals what are you pursuing yeah i'm not, honestly right now i'm just kind of like i trying to make pattern. it through tomorrow yeah like yep. you know i think everyone yep. else um i'll i'll I'm sure at some point I'll probably get back into coaching just because of like this last year and the itch. Like I didn't, I thought I was kind of done with it, but things happen for the, I guess everything happens for a reason. So we'll see. It
0: seems like at times when I talk to you, it seems like you're, I don't even know if coach, cause I feel like some people just is there
2: any want to be coaches. Go ahead, Coop. Yeah. Sorry. Um, is there any possibility you're going to get into the uh, cooking business? I see all your tweets and yeah. all these meals yeah. you prepare.
4: I should, right? <laughs>
2: And every time I see one, I mean, my mouth waters a little bit. The chicken and Same. Yeah, that
4: was Yeah. So yeah, I, I wanted to actually do a YouTube one. channel. Okay. I should do a YouTube channel of cooking because it's not hard. Like, what I do isn't that, that yeah. difficult. So maybe I'll do a YouTube channel. Be a chef. Dude, you, you got a thing going. Go. You got a brand with cooking the dog with... and the food, man. Like, yeah, you got a brand.
1: Here I
0: am.
2: I fucked my up yeah, Easy Mac with yesterday. Carter.
0: My dog's sick right now. Oh, sorry. It's—it's it it's one of these things, Rick. Everyone says your dog looks like you. Your dog kind
4: of your dog kind of models after you a little bit. That's yeah. all right. I like—I I have no problem. Like his name is Hova, so he's like Jay Z. So it's Jay Hova. Okay. Jay Hova's spotter So he's doing alright, yeah. He's my guy. Fuck yeah. Are you from Chicago? No, I'm from Michigan. Okay,
1: okay. Did you catch that from all the Michigan like talk? The yeah, I mean, I mean that's hour. what I was
4: thinking. But like, but he's in
0: Chicago now. Like everything I've ever seen is Chicago. So I—I I mean, I figured yeah. the Midwest, but I just didn't know exactly where. That's what's up. That's what's up. So, hey, I, hey, I appreciate you coming
4: on, man. Like this was this was fun. It's good to talk to you. Is that all you guys got? That's it.
1: I actually I um have
4: yeah,
0: like
1: so. What is some advice? I mean, being a young coach myself, and I yeah. something that it's something that I love doing. Um, even at at the level I'm at, I just love being there and being in the environment. What's some advice you have for some young coaches out there?
4: As far as advancing in coaching or just to coach.
1: I was thinking like just to coach, um, yeah. but advancing in coaching is. Uh, <laughs> I uh, think the biggest good. thing
4: in coach, like, so like the, w- where I'm kind of a little bit unique is I coached when I, mean, I started at eighth grade basketball, you know? So like I coach a lot of levels of basketball, no matter where you're at, it's kind of the same thing. Like you got to meet the players halfway, but you have to kind of know what you got to know them. You know, you can't go in there and be a dictator, especially nowadays. Like, People aren't going to play for a dictator, you know? So, like, stay true to yourself, but more importantly, stay true to the kids. Because as long as you do what's right by them, you'll be fine. That's an interesting question, too, that I kind of had that I was thinking about that I'd forgotten about. Like, if you were the –
0: like, I remember the Chicago State thing. Like, I don't know that whole process how that went, but I was like – in my mind as as an outsider, I was like, he should have a real shot at that job, like for real. Um, and I don't know how that process went or and if you want to talk about that, that's fine. If not, that's cool. Um, but like, if you were running a program, like how would you want
4: to run a program as a head coach? What would be your philosophy? Um, I would be very similar to coaches though, in a sense where I would give my assistants a lot of responsibility. And then I would be more like the CEO where I'd probably be a little bit different is I would, I can't say that I'd be more positive because I know I wouldn't, And that's just—I wish I could say (laughs) it would be, but like it's really hard in that role. Um, I would run it like coaches do. Does I would try everything I could to run it like coaches do. Does I like
0: your style though, man? Like, if I was a recruit, like I'd be like, I want to play for this guy because I like you're upbeat, but also too like I think players like a challenge, and I think you would want players do want a challenge. Like I think you're that guy. It's like if you're not if you're not being who you are today, like it's like, bro, what the fuck are you doing?
4: You know, like sometimes, you know, like like hundred percent. It's going to be very like we're going to have a very real relationship, you know, like mm -hmm. and if you're not doing kind of what I think you should be doing and what you've told me you're capable of doing, then I'm gonna hold you accountable. But it's one of the, we- here's the weirdest thing about when I coached is every head coach that I worked for, and every, this is every fucking one, came to me at some point and was like, I don't get it. Like, how can you motherfuck these guys the way that you do? And then I look over there and two minutes later, they have their arm around you. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like what the fuck is going on? And it was just because the time you spend with them, that's why I'm not married. Like the time you spend with those dudes outside of basketball, allows you to coach them hard but like they have to become your family like they you really do have to fucking invest in them you have to care about them and then you can coach them any way you want and you can get the most out of them but if you're one of those dudes who's like you're not that way and then you're trying to coach them that way they they don't they don't buy into that like it's not hard it's like a mm-hmm. person like if it's like any human being like like at work if you're if your boss is just a fucking dick all the time he doesn't ask you how your wife is or like your dog or whatever yep. Fuck that dude! Like you, you, you argue, I don't fuck. I don't care about you. Like you don't care about me. But as soon as you know someone cares about him, like they can just coach you a little bit differently. People don't know. People don't care what you know until they, until they know you care, coach.
0: That's yeah. It. Like yeah, hundred percent. We all had those coaches like growing up where it's like this dude's just an asshole. Like fuck this guy. But like my main AAU coach, like when I was like you know middle school, like loved us. Like great guy, but he was a fucking psycho. So like you'd be talking to your buddy during practice, and a basketball just fucking beams you in the head. This guy's like two seventy. You know what I mean? Like it's not like fuck coach. It's like. Okay, yeah, like Coach loves me. Like I'm not, I'm not up to my shit right now. Like we got, we got to go, you know. Like, but like any other coach, like fuck this guy, you know. Like, but it's all about, it's all about love, 100. Uh, that, that's yeah. what's up, Coach. I, I think that'd be, it'd be fun. Like I would love to see what that would look like. Speaking of what that would look like, Coach TPT shit. If you want to get the shit popping, let's go. Like honestly, oh, so we, got, to we gotta get it rolling out. It's time. I think it's definitely time to start like game planning a little bit. Like I don't think we're yeah. like pressed, but I think it's time to like before two three months ago I was like. It's too far away to even like think about with concrete. Yeah. But do you yeah, have I any thought, commitments? <laughs> can't name names. Come on now.
4: <laughs> <I just laughs> we do. another question. Yeah, we we definitely got to get things going. Well, I, there's a couple of guys that are play for sure. Yeah. Yeah, there's some guys that play for sure. Yeah, we'll we'll have a concrete conversation, Coach. If you want to like sit down a time
0: and, and just kind of do a little bit of game planning, because because be real with you, you're the catalyst. Like none of this shit happens without Coach Carter. Not a chance. You're the one that's plugged in. You're the one with the connections. Like, but I would love to do. You know me, like I'm crazy. Yep. Like I, I will, I will drive as much as I possibly can with the leverage that I have.
4: When well, Xavier Nation wants to do it too, so it's like one of those things where we probably get. We probably owe it to the people, right? Sure, I, I think with I think without question, and it's just about like I just feel for you
0: because I'm like you're a busy guy, you're a busy man. Like I don't know if it's worth your time as much as it, it would be. Oh, you know I mean?
4: It's totally worth my time. I'll do it. for Okay, sure. <laughs> okay. yeah, we crush uh, it. that's uh, uh, that 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 right there. There's a lot of things. I there's a lot of things I would like. Say no, I need to do this, but for that, I would, yeah, I would do that.
0: I think it could be pretty cool, pretty fulfilling, and then also, too, just from a competitive standpoint, I know how I, I feel like I know how you operate in a lot of ways. I mean, we don't know each other great, but like, I feel like you competitively would be like, we should win the damn thing.
4: No, we will win it. Yeah,
0: yeah. not should. Sure. There, it's yeah. a will. That's dude. That was fucking. No, we'll oof. win it.
4: For, we'll win it for sure. There's no doubt yeah. about it. Yeah, I mean, because no well, like, well, the problem is, is like what people don't like. The one thing that I don't think people understand about Xavier Grit, like, and it, it's been a, like. It there? It just it is. It's really different than any other place that I've ever like worked. Dudes that played at Xavier are tough, man. Like, and they all can really hoop. So, I mean, you got two Holloway out there. You got a lot of guys yeah. that can really, really play. That like, there's you also can put ex- it yeah. all together. There's
0: also an extensive like alumni network of like guys that aren't in the league right now, but that can fucking play.
4: Yeah, because they have grit. You know, like they're not there to like put on like they're not there to entertain. They're there to hoop. They're there to zip the them up. Like, yeah, yeah, like. They're just dogs. like They really are. Yeah, I,
0: I love that. Guys, I just love playing basketball. Coop, Andy, anything for you guys?
1: What I do need is anytime there is a commitment, we need, we need a gift to go out.
4: <laughs> no, we'll, no, Lightning honestly, bolts. once we get it rolling, we'll do it for sure. Yeah, I'd love we'll that. we get Mario I, involved, too. Like, Mario will help us. Like, he'll put together, like, it'll be like the, fa- the fax machine spitting out something. Yeah, we'll get, we'll it get it. a graphics guy, all their whatever bullshit. Like, but I do think it's really
0: good for Xavier as well because, like, all eyes were on tbt when it was going this year during the pandemic it was the only
4: thing on it was huge yeah i think it's going be interesting because basketball. yeah it was they did a good job we could also do somewhere like if any of those guys aren't coming back like if jason carter isn't like you can get those guys to play before they go pro stuff like that yeah absolutely it could just be like a cool like a cool thing for them to have like an alumni network kind of thing and just like a brotherhood thing uh, i think it'd
0: be dope but yeah i'm down, definitely down to game plan and just kind of figure some strategy stuff out and literally anything you need me to do um like one million percent game. I think it's be cool as fuck to be a part of it.
4: And you can get me before yeah, be I go pro. <laughs> well, you don't have a job. I mean, I, I would say you can help us get like hotels or something, but clearly you can't even rent out fucking apartments. So that's not going to happen.
0: He'll <laughs> <laughs> provide the dump trucks in case we need any shipping or anything like that. <laughs> teddy bears. You, just,
4: you, get, you get us teddy bears. So it'll be good. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
0: Yeah, for, for mental health purposes, quality of life stuff. He'll provide Absolutely. For it. Yeah, Appreciate it. Yeah, Coach, anything on your mind, anything you feel like talking about?
4: No, man, I, I appreciate you guys having me on.
0: Dude, great talking to you. I really appreciate it as always, and thanks for uh, thanks for all you do. And, uh, and it's always good talking to you, man. Thank you.
4: For sure. We'll talk again soon.
0: Just great stuff from Carter, man. A lot of everything there. Just a fun conversation with him, man. Like, he's the best. I always love when he comes yeah. around.
2: Definitely a high basketball IQ. Good to talk to him. Just a, uh, just a good guy, stand-up guy. Just easy to talk to about basketball and everything in between.
0: I did think it was funny too that he was his coaching start was like a modern-day Andy, like just coaching eighth grade. I was listening in like, man, Coach Carter was freaking Andy. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm coming. Right Andy now. Pick, he's coming. Eighth grade <laughs> basketball coach. He's coming. We we uh gotta be careful uh <laughs> anyway boys there is a uh a small bracket that now is down to two um it's called the college football playoff uh something that neither team in cincinnati will ever sniff um you are my college football duo here um how are we feeling about the college football playoff my dudes this monday i'm really excited
1: for the Notre, um, <laughs> this Notre as an dame OSU matchup
2: cover- guy as an ohio state guy i was i was basically praying for an ohio state notre dame national championship game but i mean andy you're irish they played alabama i mean you know firsthand alabama's a damn good team but what is it about bama other than having like three heisman level players that's just like so unbelievable about them like are they 100 better than ohio state from your point of view
1: I honestly don't think they're 100% better than Ohio State at all. I think Ohio State has a very solid chance of winning this game. It's going to be tough. Uh, I mean, Sean Wade is going to have to step up. The, de- the defensive line, even though, I mean, you're missing quite a few guys, they're going to have to step up because you got to get pressure to Mac Jones to make him make decisions he doesn't want to make. Now, what Alabama did a ton of was little screen passes to get Devontae Smith, and now they might have Waddle back. That's going to be a pretty tough cover. Um, so, but th- what they did a lot of is little screen pass to get him into open space, him one-on-one, you're not tackling him one-on-one. He's incredible he's in the a open monster. space. He's he, a monster. He's just a phenomenal athlete. Yeah. So once we started ramping up the pressure and making Mac Jones make quicker decisions, then that's when we started not getting abused as much.
2: Yeah, I think that's definitely going to be the biggest challenge. Like you said, Mac Jones, I mean, his his stats are through the roof right now, especially considering it wasn't entirely a full season. But, I mean, the passing yards and everything like that. But so many of them are just little short passes to Smith, and then it's up to Smith to make the plays. But, um, like you said, Sean Wade's going to have his hands full. He wants to guard um, Devontae Smith. He said that in a press conference uh, yesterday, actually. But um, the good – saving grace about that is Bama doesn't really throw the ball deep too much Ohio State has the worst pass defense in the entire Big Ten in yards per game granted Alabama's isn't very good either so we could see a a shootout but they're they're not throwing the ball too deep so that's really where Ohio State gets beat that's what happened against Indiana Um, but once you know Smith's out in the open then it's up to I assume the defensive line's not going to be there and if Sean Wade there's too much space between them Ohio State really has four linebackers that are starting quality Baron Browning Pete Warner Tough Borland Justin Hilliard I think some of them will be able to make some tackles in space but I mean you can't really hope to stop him it's just not going to happen but if if it's a shootout which I think is kind of what the game's going to be it very well could come down to who has the ball left or who has the ball last and who's not making turnovers. So um, I think it's going to be like a field goal or less in a really high scoring game.
1: I'm definitely betting the over. Um, that is, I'm, I've already considered that a lock. Uh, I think like actually is- betting,
2: or are you just
0: saying you're, you're taking the over? Are you actually going to put money on the over? Cause I don't know if that's the, the right call.
1: I'm, t- I'm, I'm putting money on the over.
0: Didn't you just tweet, uh, don't gamble, folks, or something? Well, like
1: that's that? because it's not going well. Like to minutes ago. Right
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think you're actually using the money. Like, I, I think the figuratively, like, I'm putting money on this is fine. I just don't know about actually using the money.
1: Well, I mean, because Ohio State's offense, it has been underrated all season. I mean, um, P- Justin Fields has been, he's been criticized all year. Then he proved that he is the second best quarterback in this in this country right now. And this all, that offense with Chris Olave, um, like him getting into space, Clemson's a damn good defense, and they threw all over them. So it has very high probability of being a shootout. It can be very much like the Florida-Alabama game that would end up being
0: in the 50s to the 40s. So Guys, you both had me at shootout. Like, every time you say shootout, I'm like, oh, man, let's go. <laughs> I, I will be off with you. I, do, I know I'm a big shootout guy, especially because we always win. Uh, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't follow a ton of college football. I think I, I think that's pretty well documented. I like it and I, I follow it a little bit, but just from a, a guy that a casual fan's perspective, like it just seems like one team has Justin Fields and one team doesn't. Like I do think that Alabama's crazy deep and like just look at everything. Like I mean, they have like five-star third stringers. You know what I mean? Like it's insane. And I think they might have like better athletes at certain positions and things like that. But I think Justin Fields might be the difference maker, just from what it looks like as a casual fan.
2: Yeah, I think Justin Fields, I mean, if you had to pick as an NFL team or college football team who to build a team around and it was between Mac Jones and Justin Fields, you're probably taking Justin Fields. But um, Fields did have that rib injury against Clemson. We'll see how that affects his mobility. Um, He says he'll be good to go. Ryan Day says he'll be good to go, Um, which I don't think there's ever any question that if he's going to play or not. He got hurt against Clemson and then that was in the middle of like the The second quarter quarter or something second quarter quarter, or something like that but yeah and he still probably threw for an additional 180 yards and touchdown or two after that like he was he was fine but um, probably
1: could have been adrenaline and shock so we'll see how his body recovered after simmering down and yeah he he got a night's sleep he probably woke up and couldn't walk the next morning but he's had nine days sure
2: yeah, after he took that hit, I I was watching it with some family, and I said, "Well, that pretty much eliminates his uh, his dual threat capabilities. Now he's basically a pocket passer. He's Ben Roethlisberger at this point, and luckily, he's pretty stronger good arm. at being a pocket passer too, with a with a stronger arm and uh, like twenty less years on him <laughs> and one less rape." <laughs> per sources
0: he went there <laughs> yeah per sources not yeah it's an ongoing investigation uh, but it is crazy though i think i'm still used to like the old school bcs model of like when it would just make like a month between like the last like important game of the season and then the college football like championship like it's just weird like okay it's this monday like holy shit it's gonna be an insane sports
2: weekend by the way god Andy, damn, we probably had to had to deal with this too since uh notre dame is an independent but up until uh, what was it? 2012, 2013, think 2012. Was there was no was the uh, first playoff. Yeah. But, uh, before like 2012, there was no big 10 championship game. It oh, was just, okay. uh, yeah. yeah, I think it was when they expand. I, I'd have to double check, but, um, there was no big 10 championship game. So Ohio state Michigan would be the Saturday after Thanksgiving or sometimes the Saturday before Thanksgiving. Um, depending on bye weeks and then they would not play again until January so you'd have all of December and there'd just be I mean you'd have like 60 or not 60 you'd have like 40 days of no football and then there was a 13-day turnaround for Ohio State from the Big Ten title game to the playoff game and then like a little over a week later you're playing in the in the natty I've always thought it was weird this
0: Monday night. I remember as a kid being pissed, like you know the the legendary Vince Young, Reggie Bush, Texas USC game. Like I was like twelve years old, like loving life. But like at halftime, I'm like, it's like eleven o'clock at night on a Monday. Like, what are we doing? But this is gonna be a stacked weekend, man. Like we got Monday, we got the college football championship, two days of playoff football. We've got Xavier playing uh Providence at Love eleven that. in the morning, kegs and eggs, and then football <laughs> and play. You know, and then just freaking playoffs all day. It's gonna be jam-packed, man. I can't wait.
1: So I'm going to Columbus like right after work tomorrow. I'm heading up to Columbus so for the championship game. But Sunday, I am waking up at like 8 in the morning to start my drinking. And then I'll be <laughs> watching Xavier getting hyped about that after he kicked the shit out of Providence. And then I got playoff football immediately after. And then... <laughs> Just
0: back to it's, back to back. This be one of the best sports weekends of the whole year. This is gonna be a really, really good sports weekend. Aside from March Madness, maybe. Um, but speaking of March Madness, um kind of moving on, our boys played St. John's last night and thirty six minutes of that was really not fun. Um Coop I mean, didn't Coop didn't get to watch it and Coopy didn't miss really much. Um <laughs> they got to the win though. And and that's what that's what counts. I mean, you are who your record says you is you, you know, you won. Um, but it was not pretty.
1: I mean, it definitely was not the most attractive game of basketball. Oh, I mean, we bro. love we, but what I love about it is the fact that we won with one while running the missed shots offense.
0: Yeah, that's not a good. I don't know why we ran that offense. Like, I just, I would yeah. love to hear the the thought thought process. Just a
1: bad there. coaching decision to run the missed shot offense. Um, so why, we'll why didn't we ask Carter
0: about that? <laughs> Should ask Carter. Uh-huh. Carter was running some make shots offense last night, not from three, but. He was putting the ball in the basket, which is he important for Rick sources. He meant
1: Rick Carter, dude.
2: I, I meant Rick <laughs> Carter, but we, we mean oh, what dude, you no. know. My brain's um, fried. My brain's Bud's fried. <laughs> but also, though, um, I mean, Xavier doesn't make a single three all game, mm-hmm. and are, they're still able to beat a Big East team. I mean, that's something. At least they can play not their best. and something dude, they rely on. I, you guys are going to hate me. All and still St. John's wins. played
0: like ass. It it both suck. teams.
1: Played but, like ass. You know, you the, know what the big oh. thing was? Our defense was incredible.
0: The the move, the move to zone was oh, that was, that was, genius.
1: was a genius
0: move. They had no they, idea what to do with that zone. I mean, they're just not good. I'm, I'm sorry. St. John's is not good. They had no they, idea what to do.
1: They're really good if you let them get in the paint and slash. They're really good slashers. Up and down we, the floor. We played break. their yeah. game better than they did. That's what's promising to me is we were not playing our style of basketball. We were not hitting outside shots. We were moving the ball, getting the ball in the lane. We we're um, hitting the gaps. That's what I was most proud of. We won with being led by two freshmen, our backup center, our most criticized starter. Like those were those were the leaders last night. It wasn't Fremantle. It wasn't Kiki Tandy. It wasn't Nate Johnson. All these guys that got um, fan accounts and burner accounts the past few weeks, they were on the bench. And that's yeah. we won ugly as fuck. We won Andy style.
0: Yeah, I mean it was it was rough. I mean we were lucky to have that game tied going into that end of the half. There, I just thought we played like ass. I mean, just the amount of brain dead turnovers. Um, and, I don't think we deserve to win the game. But those last five minutes, that group, uh, you know, the group it was it was Odom, Jones, Griffin, uh, Carter, and Scruggs. I mean, those five brought a different energy for the, that last six minutes. And without that, those last six minutes from that group of five, there's no way we win that. Or I, I mean. It, we could have won, but they were the one that sealed the deal.
1: I love the fact that Steele stuck with, yeah, not the names, he kept the names right. on the bench, right? He stuck with Brian Griffin, Dwan Odom, who hasn't started the past two games at, since he came back from the COVID list, but mm. he was huge last night. Colby Jones, who was really stepped up into a leadership, he, he has been the best a player vital on the court piece. last
0: night. He was the best player in the court, in, hands down, last night.
1: All game, he mm-hmm. scored our first, he scored he eight of Carter. our first 10 points, he and, and Carter then Carter's. Carter yeah. steal sealed the deal 16 rebounds
0: come on man Whoa. tough day for the Carter haters
1: <laughs> tough day for the for anti-Jason Carter like, I him, him, missing
2: that the, him missing the free throw to keep the score at 69 as cap is, I think it was, he pointed that out on Twitter it yeah it,
0: that's just classic g-shit right there that's that's senior the agenda yeah, that's a team captain right there. That is an absolute team captain. That's why you vote for him right there in those big moments. And and that's you got to know what to do in that situation. And that was very heady. Um, and then absolutely, it has to be talked about. I mean, was Paul Scruggs trying to throw that ball into the stands? Like, uh, on, if do doesn't catch, yeah, if Toronto doesn't catch that, that goes to the upper deck. He launched that bitch.
1: I think he knew <laughs> that my receiver right here was a triple dump triple jump champion. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's just having Calvin Johnson. Yeah, that's just mass Stafford having Calvin Johnson saying, I got the thoroughbred, go get it. And then two, I thought it was hilarious when the game was over. I'm sorry. The game was completely over, and then it was an opposite scenario where Dwan Odom was on the fast break, and Scruggs was. And we were up like eight or nine, and Scruggs was pissed. It was like – what are you that doing, man? Yeah, Scruggs was furious. He didn't throw it like up nine. You know what I mean? Like with 20 seconds, like I'm not throwing that. Like he was legit like mad. Like I, I love that. Um, Yeah. Duan I Odom, love the fact that Scruggs yeah. wants
1: the ball and he like wants to make that big play. I know. But like Dwan made the smart move. There.
0: No, I know it's a freshman. Yeah. Against the senior, like making the smart move, but Dwan's just going to have those plays, you know, once in a while, where it's just, he's going to make your jaw drop and you're going to see what he can do and the potential well, that he
1: has. The best part yeah. about it, it was. It was well defended.
0: Oh, oh! It, it was just. Stupid. It wasn't a good pass. Like, guard. it wasn't a great decision. I mean, it's 50 50 ball, maybe, but like, it wasn't a great decision.
1: Especially like in a position like where we have the lead. And yeah, oh, I know. It was well defended. Fast break. He
0: just, yeah. He threw it to the ceiling. Mm-hmm. I'd but, say that's a turnover at least half the time. Like, I mean, the probability wasn't great there. Uh, yeah, but it's just ha- – that's just one, one team had Duan Odom and one team didn't. Uh, that kid's an absolute freak. Um, but yeah, I want to he, talk he, about
1: Brian Griffin for a second. Yeah. That dude made some big plays. I mean, defensively, he rebounded well. And then the biggest one, the um, getting the feed from Duan Odom on the – when Duan Odom uh, drove the baseline and then having the strength and body control to play. just – Lay it in. He didn't dunk it. He laid it in while being pushed back. Real soft he's good. touch. He's just a good he was player.
0: huge. He's a good player, man. And he he can do. He doesn't really have any major weaknesses. He's definitely like a, more of a plotter than a freemantle. And he doesn't step out like freemantle does. He's not like crazy quick or anything. But he's not super slow either. He's just a good basketball player. He's very very good all around. And it wouldn't. I mean, it, it would. I think it'd be kind of ill advised by steel to not reward that this next game because freemantle didn't show up. Fremantle did not bring it. And um, And those those five did
1: nine to 10 rebounds.
0: Yeah. I mean, those those five brought it. And I remember that one weird play where Carter had some weird call and flipped out. That flipped it to me. That was the change in momentum, the change in energy, because I remember tweeting like three times, like, is anyone going to play? Like, is anyone going to have any energy tonight? Like, what are we doing? And this was a big game. We are coming off two losses in a row and had a bunch of days off. Like, it felt inexcusable to to have that flat of a performance. Um, And it was Carter. And, yeah, and it was Carter carrying the energy train without question to me. Um, And I think that elevated the play of everyone else, like just how passionate he was and uh, how much energy he brought.
1: Like, Steel talked about all year, you have to create your own energy. And that play Mm -hmm. right there when I personally, I was 50-50 on whether he fouled or not. I I didn't, yeah. like the, I didn't I really think it didn't was like that bad call. a call but
0: um <laughs> he hated it but, he but I think I think it was an like accumulation cuz he had a bunch of weird calls I thought the refereeing I thought the officiating was, was terrible was but garbage we, both ways we can't we, can't
1: we can't complain about that we, we don't have any control you can't,
0: about you can't it control, but it was just awful so I, I think it was just he was mad about the rest of the but you know they they won the game and I think you have a little bit of positive momentum going into to a really tough Providence game um obviously if you're not playing one of you know even Butler's a tough game but one of Butler St John's DePaul um, Georgetown you know it's a complete dogfight. I mean, any one of those seven is a fucking is a really really good basketball team, and they're they're a good basketball team. And I'm worried about Nate Johnson. Uh, I think Duke's a beast, but who? I mean, this is and that's why I'm saying with Griffin, one the effort, and then two, Fremantle has just not shown any indication that he wants anything to do with guarding Nate Watson, who's the he, best big in the Big East. He does
1: not want to play defense. It seems like, and no. I'm like, I don't think he doesn't want to play defense. I'm going to correct myself on that. He doesn't want to foul. He's worried exactly. about fouling cannot play defense that way so if yeah. you don't want to foul then you don't want to play defense Yep, that's and fair. obviously fouls are bad we don't want to get into foul trouble early I and mean, we saw that early on with Freeman. we're not going to play a lay
0: you know? defense anyway because I feel like coaches have been saying he's not going to guard you like just go at him because he will not guard in the post
1: that has been obvious the past two games at least Molson and all mm-hmm. of St. John's just went at him and yeah he went straight he, – he's wor- working on going straight, but he's like moving matador. his body
0: out of the way and giving Absolute him – Absolute matador. Just ole. Yep, just – yep, have it. You know, it's the basket's here, so I don't want it. I'll come down and shoot a three the next possession, but I don't care. You can fucking score. Um, it, it's inexcusable, man, and, like, I know that he's a stud and I know he's a superstar in the making, but, like, dude, you got to play defense, man. Like, <laughs> there's two sides of the ball, like, Um, but, but I think that can be pounded into the ground. But big game well, against Prov.
1: Yeah. I also feel like he's been – a little bullied on the inside. He's like his well, his outside shot has not looked normal recently. His energy's been off. Yep. and like he needs like he needs to play like he did against Oklahoma.
0: Against um, well, I, I wish the whole team against was played did against Oklahoma. Well, yeah. Well, like, I'm talking about the energy. <laughs> <be nice>. like, <laughs> I know what you mean. I wish Nate Johnson were playing. He did Oklahoma. Oh well, yeah.
1: I... <laughs> Nate Johnson, Adam Conkle they're going to be fine. They're good they're shooters. Fine. They're, they're going to yeah. be fine. I'm not worried about. The I'm not shooting. worried about Nate. Yeah. I'm not yeah. worried about Nate. No. The the shooting is going to be fine. Now, like a certain someone that used to be that was on the podcast once said, if Kiki could learn to the difference between a good shot and a bad shot, I don't know how to give credit to for this. Yeah, um, I think that was yours. I'll learned, give it to you. Yeah, it was it was definitely mine. One hundred percent mine. I'll give it to um, you. You earned it. If he learns the difference between a good shot and a bad shot, he'll get he'll get on the floor a little more. Um he seems to be forcing things right now. Oh, I'm a little concerned about him and it's not it's officially
0: I, worry time. Yeah. It's, it's officially not, time to hit the worry button. Yeah.
1: And it's not his ability. It's his decision making. I feel like he's going to try to force his his way back into more minutes, which is the the idea is that you just the what the way to do it is to not force shots.
0: You got to show, show up. And to show up mentally and want to play defense, which I think he's actually done a little bit of a better job at. And I think it was the Seton Hall game. I I was the the biggest Kiki hater this season, but I think the Seton Hall game, I didn't, I mean, he wasn't like, you know, he wasn't guarding his ass off or anything, but he was mentally engaged and he was hitting, you know what I mean? I was like, keep him in the game, man. Like he's your best offensive weapon when he's playing. And uh, and when he's mentally engaged, I mean, I think he's picked it up from like actually like bringing it a little bit. I mean, he's not going to be, you know, he's not going to be Justin cage or anything like that. But um, I think he's been trying harder. You know what I mean? Cause at first I think he just thought the position was his, um, but I think he's doing better, but I think it's just too little too late, man. Like the coaches see you every day in practice. Like, you know, it's just, you've dug yourself a little bit of a hole here.
1: The, the facial expressions are never going to show like true, like fire and engagement. That's just not his personality. That's not like, he has a very, very um, low key. Yeah, yeah. He's not like, going to
0: show a lot of expression. But
1: yeah. Notice where he is on the floor and notice his movement. And, like he, he's he's talking a little more, he's moving a little bit more, so his defense has gotten better. I'm a little yep. disappointed with the fact that he's not taking s- smart shots like he used to, yep. and I just think we need that Kiki key key back. And again, think, we know he's a too, microwave. Just, hes gonna be hot and cold. Yeah, and he just needs to notice that. Like as long as as long as he lets the game come to him, he's gonna be okay.
0: Yeah, I think I think he's going to be okay still, but I think it's officially time where I'm like, okay, it's been long enough and weird enough to where, like, okay, I think you can have a little bit of worry about Kiki Tandy, but honestly, man, this team's got tons of talent everywhere. I don't I – don't, honestly, like, I would hate to say worst-case scenario, but, like, this team's going to lose some players, and honestly, I don't think the coaching staff's going to lose too much sleep over that. There's a shit ton of talent on this team and a lot of guys that want to play, so if anyone's not going to buy into that, like <laughs> – I mean, you've kind of seen it now that you have a team that buys into it, buys into the team, you know, concept more than previous years. Like, you've seen the effect of that. Like, I think sometimes that can be good for the team. And I mean, there's 11, 12 dudes that have talent enough to play. Uh, You can't have a team of 11, 12 dudes getting minutes in rotation. So it's going to change. It's going to happen. But big win. And um, I mean, not a big win, but it would have been a big loss for this team. I mean, that would have really put you behind the eight ball. Any Big
1: East win is a big win.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think more you avoided a bad loss, but that's just me. Um, this is a big one against Providence. I mean, I think you're squarely on the bubble right now. Um, I think Xavier would be in, but I don't think by a lot. I think you're one of the last six to 10 teams in. we'll call it six to nine teams in the field right now. So got to stay on uh, for sure. But I think that would have hurt for sure. Um, so that, that, and it just would have been a shitty night <laughs> with everything going on uh, to lose that one as well. And just how shitty we played. So yeah, congrats to that five and props to that five for, for winning that one. Cause that's, that's on them. Um, so big uh, win. Think, and the uh, big thing yeah. is,
1: I think it'll be a wake up call. Cause like you talk about those guys that might not um, want to play, might not be bringing the energy. Like they, that group showed that jobs aren't secure here. So if you want, if you want it, you're welcome to be on this team. And yeah. you're you're more than welcome to be woken up and start working your ass off and buy in. Like we love everybody on this team, and the coaches coaches feel that same way.
0: But it's also Division One, high major basketball.
1: But if you, but if you don't, then feel free to transfer. Like we'll root for you. You have our blessing. Um, but I don't think that, I don't think that's going to be an issue. I think it is going to be a wake up call, and guys are going to start um, like they're going to bring the energy. And I'm not, I'm not too concerned about that. I think the game on the 11 o'clock game against Providence will show that it needs to um, be that way, but we'll learn a lot about who's buying in and who is not depending on like no matter what their playing time is, who's buying in, who is not. We'll learn a lot about that starting at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning.
0: Most definitely. And we're looking forward to, it. it's going to be a hell of a weekend and be a lot better with a Xavier win. Uh, It's going to be one hell of a weekend. Coop. How are we feeling over there? I feel like I'm hurting you in a little bit. How, how are you feeling,
2: man? You excited? I'm pumped. Uh, will I be fully awake at 11 on a Sunday? <laughs> Questionable, but I uh, I think it's worth waking up for. I'll drink my have my uh, macchiatos and muskies, so it'll be it'll be a good time. But real quick, Cap, remember? I think prior to the Seton Hall game, we were talking about how Xavier was shooting like 40. 40- percent Seton Hall didn't play perimeter defense all that well just in the last two games after the Seton Hall game after the St. John's game Xavier's three-point shooting percentage dropped from I think it was like 39.9 to now 35.5 so five percent in just two games like that's that's pretty serious yeah i think they're coming back i think it's law of averages i think we were
0: shooting a little higher than
2: definitely you
0: know what i mean like no one was expecting nate to shoot 60 percent for the season from three
2: Um, yeah now now he's down to 50 percent or something 49 just still ridiculous right here but i mean i mean still like 35.5 i mean whatever but i mean it'll balance out but it's just crazy how those last two games even though even though i should say last three games have kind of just been uh I don't want to say unfulfilling because we won one of them, but somewhat unfulfilling.
0: But I just do I, I think like you said, I, I'm just going to call it like it is. I don't think we've been playing good basketball. I don't think we played good basketball against Creighton to be completely honest with you. I think we both played like shit. I think Seton Hall, I think St. John's we both played like shit. Seton Hall, we obviously played like shit. Um, not terrible against Creighton, but it was like, like remembering in the Creighton game, we opened up on fire. For the, like We opened up just like we always had for the first eight games of the season. Uh, the first five, six minutes we opened up to what? 14 to four lead, 14 to five lead. And then it snapped. And then ever since we lost the momentum on that game, it just has not come back. I think. I think it would have been different without COVID. I think this team wouldn't have lost as much rhythm with all that kind of stuff. So a lot at play and that's what you have with this season.
2: Well, One big, uh one big positive. This was Xavier's first game of the calendar year. So Andy, I know you don't follow calendars, but uh the rest of us, Xavier's undefeated in 2021. So I think things are looking up for the Muskies after yep. ending 2020 kind of roughly, but 2020 sucks. So. 2021, it's not off to a great start, but it is for the Muskies.
1: And we have not been defeated in this calendar year. I think that can be said. Okay, my college football team has been defeated. That We won't discuss that. Um, but Xavier has not been defeated. That's a That's a great start.
0: Where am I going with this? I think you're just gonna say we're on pace to go like 35 and 0 in 2021. So,
1: I think I think that's exactly what I'm saying. You know, the I think I need another Bud Light, man. Yeah, dude.
0: Yeah, And object motion stays in motion, Andy. So I'm anticipating a nice like 40 and 0 for Xavier in 2021. So I think we're looking well, good. As, about that uh,
1: Saint Hall game, we we were doing really well. We were rolling, and then Carter went out. Carter's becoming essential, guys.
0: Val- I mean, we've been saying how valuable he was. I think the whole time, but I think it's it's becoming more and more clear
1: because he is our best defender. With with we talk about how Fremantle does not want to defend. It seems like he doesn't want to foul. So I think we put Jason Carter on Nate Watson on Sunday. Oh, you definitely don't put Fremantle on him. And I think I mean, if if, <laughs> if, if Brian and Griffin does not start, you put Carter on him.
0: Oh, definitely. And I think you. Yeah, I, I think you have to. I don't know if he can guard him, but he's at least going to try.
1: He's like he'll he'll bring bring the energy. And if Nate if he at least causes a Nate Johnson, mit, I mean a Nate Watson miss, and we I don't want to cause I Nate Johnson misses. Yeah. Uh, a Nate Watson miss, then Carter's getting that rebound. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, he's been he's been eating glass. He and he and Griffin are going to control the glass for sure. Uh, but it's it's a matchup, man. I mean, I think he's the best big in the beast. I'm looking forward to it, though. It'll be fun. And, and um, like, he
1: he's a technical big too because i don't know how tall is he what like 6'10
0: i'd, I'd say he's about 6'10 yeah he's, he's 6'10. not a seven foot he's not like he's probably, he's probably listed at 6'10 but he's probably six nine, six eight. but he's, he's probably not. listed 6'10
1: and so he's not like a massive big
0: but he's not but shorty he's not tyreek either
1: he uses his body uses his body real well he has a real nice touch like he's a very he's a damn good technical big
0: He's the best big in the Big East. Yeah. I mean, it's it's him, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and up until four games ago, Zach Fremantle. Um, so so we'll see. Um, but it's it's gonna be fun, man. And this is a big litmus test game, I think, and hopefully kind of a wake up call, energy kind of game for us. And uh, we'll see. Um, I kind of just want to see a better effort, honestly. I, like I obviously want to win, huge game for a win perspective. But I just like to see the flow get back. You know what I mean? Just we've just been a little off since like the flow stopped in the Creighton game. So I'd like to see you know Nate get back on track Fremantle get a little more energy kind of Scruggs kind of return to like the do it all spray and pray get in the paint you know doing a little bit of everything so i think we've just kind of lost our mojo a little bit but shows the depth of you know other guys like Colby Jones 16 points Donwan Odom was incredible Griffin so um, i think that shows what this team can do even on a horrible night from your studs so anything else boys for for the pod anything else you guys have got on your minds
1: i think it's time to sponsor some conferences
2: <laughs> ooh I think yeah, uh, th- I think you're onto something there.
1: It's something we wanted to get to um, last last pod, but someone made a co- one of one of our hosts question his will to live. Um, so <laughs> I think it's time to get into that.
2: Get it, Coop. So some of you listening might be into hockey. Personally, I'm not. I watched Night at the Museum as a kid. And the little kid was a very talented hockey player, and his father, played by Ben Stiller, uh, told him, you know, you should consider the NHL. The kid said, I'm more into bond trading. So after that, I said, there's no way I'm going to follow hockey. But it has been brought to my attention that the four divisions in the NHL have been renamed. So it used to just be North, East, Central, West. Now they are sponsored. So you have the NHL Honda West Division, you have the Scotia North Division, the Discover Card Central Division, and the Mass Mutual East Division. Absolutely horrible, but we were thinking, you know, maybe some college conferences should be sponsored. So, um, Andy, what do you think, as a Notre Dame fan who plays in the ACC in basketball and in the ACC in football this year, Who should sponsor the ACC?
1: So the ACC, I put just for men. And the big reason for that is because that way Coach K can get all his hair dye. He can get all all that for free, and he'll be good to go for the entire season. Maybe he won't want the season to be canceled because his hair will be in good shape.
2: And also in the ACC, there's someone who has played football. Um, that has some notable hair. Trevor Lawrence, would he be able to use just for men or would he have to find like a different product? Uh,
1: he'll have to use L'Oreal. It's re- that's more made for his hair.
2: Okay, as long as he's no a mustache trimmer.
1: That's that's manscaped.
2: Oh that 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 mustache is horrible. Something else that's horrible is the entire American Athletic Conference and pest. So we figured it'd be fitting that. The American Athletic Conference would be sponsored by American Pest Control. Their logo is identical. I mean, I'm, I'm sure a bear cat is probably classified as a pest. I mean, whatever. Yeah, a rodent. Definitely a rodent. It's, yeah, definitely a rodent. There's probably some other teams that are more comparable to pests than anything else. Um, but... Yeah, American Pest Control. For I mean the AAC, cougar pest me all the time. They
0: literally stole the logo. Like if you look at the American Pest Control, which was established before the American, clearly stolen. It is definitely the same logo.
2: Someone driving wherever the hell East Carolina is, that pest control truck probably pulled up. They're like, damn, that's a good logo. I'm gonna <laughs> make that that's Greensboro, logo. North Carolina, you liberal fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's God's country. Speaking out there. speaking <laughs> of liberal, the Pac twelve. West Coast, uncanny. Andy, uncanny uh, with the, with transitions. <laughs> I I just realized the Pac-12 still exists. So who do really? you have?
1: Listen, um, since we just realized, since we just remember the Pac Pac-12 still exists. Speaking of things that still exist that you may not know is Kmart. So brought to you by Kmart, we have the Pacific Twelve.
2: Wonderful, wonderful. Do you do you remember the the Kmart's with the like little Caesars inside of them? <laughs> i wish
1: um uh, what
2: i he don't know they existed those? at
1: the same time sounds incredible
2: <laughs> yeah there, there's like little caesars inside of kmart i mean it's it a was, great
1: partnership man
2: yeah yeah it, it's weird i, I thought yeah. I thought like all kmarts had it what, like cocaine and on? waffles <laughs> <laughs> oh, What? But what said, peanut great butter day. and ladies <laughs> the sec and Chinese food so chocolate pudding. The Southeast Conference, sponsored by Ancestry.com for obvious reasons. Mm. Um, I say this before my college football team plays, like, the best SEC team of all time.
1: And the uh, most fitting for that Monday. sponsor.
2: That is fair. That is absolutely fair. So Ancestry.com, SEC, just goes hand in hand. <laughs>
1: the, the Big 12 might be my favorite one. And it is any strip joint, literally any of them. And big part of that is the Kansas Snoop Dogg partnership, because um, you know, if you have Snoop Dogg to your Midnight Madness, you're going to have strippers. And a Big Twelve, the Big Twelve is a big part of Texas, the state of Texas. You know who in Texas loves strippers? James Harden. He will. I think he's been to every strip joint in. In that state, so he's that great connection that they have. Big twelve, stripper nation. Stripper nation.
2: And for our favorite conference, the Big East, a power conference. The sponsor is Trojan Condoms. Cap, you know why.
0: In the Big East, comma, good sex, boys. I mean, what else needs to be said? I mean, it's just synonymous man like i'm like I'm, honestly like we talked about the uh the conference changes like i would just love to hear like conference change names like for real and just be like brought to you by good sex or you know good sex in the, you know i mean something along those lines like i want someone to have to say conference. it on the air someday yeah the good sex conference like i literally wanted to get to the point where like Fanta has to say it on a broadcast or something like that like that's like my ultimate goal and then i can just delete the twitter account and call it a career and we're done you know mm-hmm. Retire if said line.
2: that if, Hanta, if Fanta said "horny Big East" or "good sex in the Big East" or anything like that, if that was his outro, just like "Musketeers beat Providence 80 to 75. Wish you good. Good sex in the Big East. I'm John Fanta. Good night." Then like, what? What could be better? You that can't. Be that's like the, You have through.
0: to just cut it at that point because you just can't top that. Like, I just don't know where you would go from there. You know, it's like, what could I do? You to can only beat get that? down. Yeah, exactly. I don't exactly. think I'd ever
1: watch basketball again because that is just the peak of my existence. Yeah,
0: if you did it like after we won the championship or something like that, or like uh, I, I don't.
1: I, uh, and Savior, like you're, when's the national the championship? Four, yeah, the like, big ace is having good sex tonight.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> I would just you know just do the last one, you know, just do the deed, uh, you know, do it, you know, J and the P, and then call it, you know,
2: that's it. Had I don't a good know run. If I'll put on this headset again, but J I think it's in the Big East.
1: J in the P. It's a Lonely Island song. No.
0: J.P. Makura.
1: Julie's last name is Paulin.
0: Ooh. J easy. A it's a family program. Your grandma might be listening.
1: <laughs> She's not out <up> this late.
0: <laughs> it's a joke. Especially uh, the fact well, that
1: it's my grandpa. Yeah, that's the joke. Again. <laughs> that's the joke. Boys,
0: do we have anything else, fellas? I think it's time
1: to get the fuck out of here. Yeah,
0: let's get the hell out of here. Before we go. Let's wrap it up.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Quick segue from, yeah. Quick segue from condoms into like what's going on right now. Uh, (laughs) No easy way to do that. Um, We just wanted to wish you the best. I know it's kind of weird, you know, doing this right now, but we just thought this would be a good distraction from everything. Um, Definitely not trying to make light of anything, but um, yeah, I think sometimes it's easy to get too wrapped up into stuff and uh, hopefully this is a good little uh, distraction. Obviously we talked about some real stuff with Carter and all that kind of stuff. I hope it was fun. Um, Good to be back here. And uh, if if you like what we do, rate review helps us a lot on the algorithm type stuff. So, uh, thanks for everybody. I appreciate you too as well, Coop and Andy, for all you guys do. Thank you so much.
1: And also, um, a bit, the the company man right here. Um, the winter forecast just dropped the podcast. So We got NFL playoffs coming up this weekend. Uh, they they preview there. They um, fill out. We love we love college basketball. So and we love filling out our brackets for um, the NCAA tournament. They did that for the NFL playoffs. So check it out. You can find it on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcast. Apple Podcasts, whatever the fuck you listen to us on, they're on there as well. Check it out. Two great guys.
0: Enjoy the weekend. It's going to be a blast. Go Muskies.